Hello, and welcome to 2020, everybody. <laughs> this is the Tuesday Show. I'm Ultra David. And I'm James Chen. How's everybody going? <laughs> Look at that, and give yourself a round of applause, because that's Yay! pretty sick. I like that. <laughs> I think that's rad. Yeah. So we are trying to step things up a little bit, and thanks for joining us for this new year, which is, in fact, the ninth season <laughs> Of Ultra Chen TV, dude. I didn't the even. Ninth. I didn't even think about that. Like you said that. I heard you say that uh, when you were on the phone, and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> it is the ninth year." <laughs> I mean, we had no real expectation that it would last like nine months. Yeah, nine I mean, episodes. Do you remember, like it started up in the air. It started because somebody was like, "Oh, hey, you know what? We want to do." I think it was like Shoryuken TV, which never turned oh, into right. anything. I told and they're like, that. "We're gonna have a bunch of shows, and we would like you guys to do stuff." We're like, okay, we want to do a show anyway, and we did a show, and it somehow has lived past everything. <laughs> and uh, before this, uh, I went back and watched our very first episode ever. Did you really? I did. <laughs> How? Yeah. Is it on is It's it on, on our YouTube. YouTube. Just go to YouTube oh and god. sort by date reverse. Oh my god. And then you can see exactly what it is. And it's the worst thing <laughs> <laughs> that I've seen in, in a long time. You know what the craziest Awful. thing is? Like I People I, watched it. Awful. I was even watching in uh, like our uh, best of 2017 stuff back in 2018 and stuff. And I just feel like the vibe is so different. We were just like so like... Eh. I know that's exactly the vibe <laughs> that I got when I was watching it. Uh... There was so much downtime. Uh, there. I mean, anyway, it's been a while. Obviously, we figured out what to do a little bit better. We bring our personalities across a little bit more strongly. <laughs> uh, whatever. This is the ninth season of Ultra 10 TV, and we're going to start it like we have been starting each year by reviewing the previous year. So mm-hmm. now that it's 2020, we want to talk about 2019. We have our whole set of awards. I posted a uh, picture of all of the award categories on yeah. Twitter. So check it out at the Ultra 10 TV Twitter. It's all there. If you'd like to see and if you'd like to make your picks. Although the the interesting part about this one is that we're adding three extra categories this year. Because it is 2020, we also have uh, Players of the Decade. Wow. Fighting Games of the Decade. Wow. And uh, Stories of the Decade. Wow. Which is, uh, we're going to add a little bit those things going on. So That's incredible. Go. It's yeah. been an entire another decade. Yeah, but we are going to do start with the 2019 stuff. Now, every year we've always started in like the exact backwards order we probably should have and always did player of the year first and then uh, et cetera. And so we kind of just blew the load right away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so uh, <Okay>. I, <laughs> I think we're going to uh, try to do something a little bit different this year. I'm not even sure exactly what the order is my list is still in the wrong order but we'll figure okay, it well, out okay well i got so. the list so don't you worry okay okay hang on a second let me do something really well quick. our list is going to be newcomer of the year then event of the year then match of the year story fgc member content creator slash streamer commentator worst thing of the year player of the year fighting game of the year then a little random select award where we basically talk about whatever. Right, right, right. And then exactly. our personal FGC resolutions for this year. And then we're going to have player of the decade, fighting game of the decade, storyline 
of the decade. The decade, <laughs> the decade which the is gone. The decade, yeah, exactly. So It's past. All right. So you said we're starting with Newcomer, right? Do you want to just get started with it right away? Let's Newcomer. do it, man. Let's hop. This Look, is going to take forever I'm, anyway, so let's I'm, hop in there. I'm trying to do a different kind of format here. Okay, so. look at this. Yeah, and I, it's going to require me a lot of cutting and pasting while we're doing the show. Hey, but, man. You know, get let's the control see if I can make ready. it work. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, so it looks to me like you've had me right at the list there to start things yeah, off. Is that sure. what you're expecting? I mean, we could do it that I mean, we'll do... You can start if you we'll want. We'll go back and forth, and then we'll switch it up the next category like we've done every year. So let's just get you started first since I have you pasted here and ready to go. Okie doke. So newcomer of the year refers to anything that's new. It could be a game. It could be a person. It could be whatever. Mm-hmm, Something that's mm-hmm, new. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be starting off with my third place, which is Mortal Kombat 11. Wow, okay, I thought that would have been a little bit higher up here. Well, it's not. Okay. Uh, MK11 is, uh, I mean, my favorite new game of the year, and I've had a blast playing it. This is not the only category I'll be talking about it in, uh, <laughs> so I'll save some words about it. But here you go, third place, great job. Okay, okay. You know what's really funny? When I was doing this category here, I completely forgot to even think about games. <laughs> oh, boy! <laughs> so, you put MK11 in there, and I was like, Oh, that's right. We can put games in there. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> well, you want to you want to think about it for two minutes? <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just gonna go with it. I mean, this it's weird. This year has been kind of a, a strange kind of situation. I mean, just a lot of weird things going on this year. Okay. My uh, my my newcomer of the year. I wanted to celebrate the next generation of fighting game players, for right? Sure. And I'm not even just talking about. Whoops, hang on a second. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Next, next generation. And I'm not even talking about the next generation. I'm saying, I'm celebrating, we're getting a lot of FGC babies in the house now, right? Okay. And so I actually want to just take the opportunity to shout out, like, Harper, you know, who was born. Oh, she's almost a year old now, Justin's Incredible. kid, right? Uh, Justin Wong's child. Yeah, Justin Wong. Uh, Rick and Kat just had a kid, Tira. Yeah. Uh, Javits just had a kid, Uh Ari, I think is I think it's her name, and so a whole bunch of people in the FGC. Bonchan had twins. Yeah, Bonchan. I don't know what their names. I don't know their names, but you know, Sako had. I mean, that was a kid a while ago, right? But that kids existed. It's it's crazy to me because we're getting to this age now where fighting game players are having kids, and I just keep thinking to myself, hmm, this is like the next next generation. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, so we're 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 getting all of our uh, Evo champions of. 2030 ready to go 2035 ready to go you know <laughs> wow they're gonna be doing it young all right yeah. <laughs> i mean that's about the eight right 2035 they'd be 15 years old it's doable yeah. yeah oh man that, people have won evo at 15 why not <laughs> all right so next next generation for james yeah, then uh-huh. mine is going to be number two number two is ninja killer uh, Ninja Killer is a Mortal okay. Kombat player yeah. who had only played online. And he was like an online god, and people were like, this player might be good offline. But other people said he can't hack it in another game. It's MKX only. And then in his very first offline competition, he won it. <laughs> and then he went to five premieres this year. That's all. And he got fourth place, fourth place, first place, third place, and first place. On the strength of only five tournaments, he's third in the world in the MK points. Yeah. Uh, that The f- sort of phenomenal rise of that, it's not even a rise. He started in orbit, right? Like, he didn't launch. 
Right. He's, like, he's just up there in orbit. All of a sudden, already he's there. He's an alien. Yeah, it's like, right. He came from right, space, right. you know? Yeah, uh, that's, it's so rare that that kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can think of only a handful, like, in any game ever right, that that kind right. of start has happened. So, I mean, the only comparison I can think of is, like, maybe even, like, Lost Soul, right? It's totally yeah. a Lost uh-huh. Soul situation, uh-huh. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, there you go. Okay. Well, uh, my number two, uh, I, I wanted to give, uh, we have FGC member of the year, and I wanted to really give one uh, to Persia there, but I mm-hmm. gave it to some other people. But I did give XO Academy uh, the one of the newcomers of the year because I think it's a really awesome program. For me, it's very, very important to try to get more women into the FGC and everything like that. The program that she's doing that to where she's pairing up, you know, top players with the, 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 the members of EXO Academy yeah. and giving advice for commentary for all sorts of things like that and just creating content. I know like Carolyn's been involved, Amanda's been involved, I've been involved helping with all that stuff like that. So right. uh, really shout outs to EXO Academy and the cool stuff that they've done for a lot of their uh, like I know like uh, P-Chan has been doing well in Street Fighter 5 at tournaments and you know uh, a bunch of the other players as well uh, that they've picked up Phantom Miria has been doing a lot of commentary as well you yeah, know Romanova's been doing Romanova's a lot of commentary doing a lot of commentary she exactly. been, she's yeah, been. yeah 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 so very very cool I, I'm, I'm really pick. happy for them really happy for them so. that's awesome so XO yeah, uh, yeah. find a new writer now the question is who is your number one who is your I'm gonna start typing it uh, in you should just start <laughs> typing it yeah yeah. Uh, a name that you'll be hearing a lot throughout the course of this uh-huh, evening uh-huh, which uh-huh. is Arslan Ash of course I'm gonna fill out mine right now too okay yeah. <laughs> so obviously Arslan Ash is number one um, he uh I mean, it's the speaking of sort of the the rarity of a situation like like Ninja Killers, even rarer, maybe never, is that a player comes out in the sense that it's not just the player because sometimes you get like rogue geniuses mm-hmm, and they're just floating around and then all of a sudden it's a genius, okay? But it's like a whole community of it turns yeah, out yeah, yeah. the best players in the world were just secluded in Pakistan <laughs> and there were like whispers now and then of people trying to tell me hey Pakistan's right. good and I ignored it <laughs> you're one of my favorite stories to tell about that yeah, you know <laughs> for sure for sure and, but I've, I've heard other people say the same things that they had whispers oh the Pakistanis are really good like whispers now and then mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. and it this is the year that they that it happened so yeah. calling uh, you know Arslan a newcomer is like a, not exactly right because obviously he's been playing for a little while mm-hmm. but on the world stage yes yeah uh, you know did he Took everybody by storm. Right, right, right. And 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 interestingly enough, I didn't actually write Arslan Ash for my newcomer. Uh, I actually just put down Pakistan. For sure. I just put yep. down Pakistan because they, because uh, we'll have plenty of time later on. I'll, I spoilers to talk about Arslan Ash some more. You Definitely. know. But uh, I wanted to put down all of Pakistan in there uh, because I feel like it wasn't just Arslan Ash. Obviously, he got good because the whole scene is so good. And they became such an effect to the point where Ni and Chikorin and everybody else went to Pakistan to train, you know. And everybody's like, oh, they didn't do so well at TWG. I mean, they won the LCQ, right? They won the LCQ. Sure, they didn't make top eight, but that's a bloodbath of a tournament, right? Like, you run it again, and you may have a situation where all three of them were in top eight, you know? It's just... that's how tournaments go tournaments just happen that way and so these guys are going to be a force they are not a fluke they're going to be here for a very long time and it's going to be awesome for the years to come where uh, Pakistan is just always going to be a part of the conversation. You know what I mean? I, I, I often talk about uh, Nasser bringing out Big Bird and Angry Bird to tournaments, and we don't even talk about it being weird that UAE is 
in the situation, mm-hmm. you know, I, and that's how Pakistan is going to be. Like, sure. I even think starting next year, no one's going to be like, oh, Pakistan. Is, they're just a part of the storyline at that point in time. So there you go. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, interesting. So TapJGG even says that uh, Arslan was saying that Pakistan players pre-TWT files were overconfident, so they didn't that's, practice them. I mean, that's dude. That's so funny. It happens, dude. It, it does it, happen. It happens. It does happen. Absolutely. Yeah. You get so. your sudden success, and then you think that you're the best in the world, and you don't have to practice anymore. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's what always happens. Oh, oh, man. Okay. So there you go. Uh, what's the that's next? That's hilarious. Next one is event of the year. Event of the year. So, so tournament, whatever. You know, right, that right. Kind of thing. And we usually say non-Evo event of non-Evo. the year. Non-Evo. Yeah, we're going to seclude Evo from yeah. this because it's such its own beast. Right. Uh, um, so for no- I'll start with this one. Yeah. I'll have to scroll through and find it because we're all in different borders. Uh, again, a lot of times uh, my number three spot is always reserved for more of just kind of like my personal kind of biased pick sure. kind of thing like that. So uh, for number three here this year... Uh, I picked uh, Frosty Faustians. Okay. Just because, you know, it's an event that kind of goes under the radar, right? But it's like the fourth biggest event in the U.S. right now. I mean, from... It's uh, huge. Yeah, th- and they play, like, every single game. And you go there, and it has, like, this really nice classic feel. You know, it's coming up next weekend, not this week. Actually, it is, it's this, this, weekend. It is this weekend. It's coming up this weekend. But it's just a really fun tournament. They even threw a Chen Challenge last year that I got to play a bunch of people in ST and everything like that. And also, another thing, too, is shout-outs to two-day tournaments. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, we need more of that. We need yeah. more of that. So, yeah, but it's yeah. Friday, No, no, it is not Saturday, this weekend. Right? It's the next weekend. It's next weekend. Oh, really? okay. yeah, yeah, it's Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Yes, it's just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They just have like an after-party kind of thing where everybody just goes to a venue and keeps playing games. Awesome. And everything like that. So, yeah, shout-outs to, uh, shout to Frosty Faustines. So That sounds great. Yeah. So, uh, my third place is, and keep in mind that I'm limiting these to ones that I went to okay. last year. Okay, okay. Um, so, I'm, I'm looking always for tournaments that have their own feel, because I feel like a lot of tournaments yeah. have kind of run together in my brain you know where sometimes i'll wake it's up one of the hardest things about this which yeah in. that happens dude i still remember uh sorry to cut you off and totally random story but when we were in dreamhack montreal yeah every time we kept waking up i kept thinking we were in europe well because it was so french yeah, over there you know I, I just kept thinking we were like completely in another continent yeah, overseas uh, that's understandable like that. yeah yeah but yeah, go ahead. So I'm trying to find these unique places, and my third is Viennality. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Viennality, I had a blast. It's in Vienna, Austria, hence Viennality, and it's historically more of an NRS Mortal Kombat tournament, so fatality, Viennality. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, of course, of course. It's, it's so unique, man. It's, it's held in central Vienna, mm-hmm. one of the world's like great capitals, and it's held in a building that was built in the 1800s and it's players from all over Europe who this is the only time of year I ever get to see them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's mostly top NRS players again many of which I don't get to see otherwise players from the Middle East were there uh, all sorts of places all Eastern Europe Northern Europe it was super super cool and they're all super loud and excited and there's like <laughs> old Mortal Kombat cabinets in there yeah. where you can play on it's just like a was very like unique old vibe church. it was an old church it's right? not a church it's a it was like the architect's building of Vienna or something. It's mm-hmm, like an mm-hmm. old building. I don't remember, but it was built in the 1800s for sure. Right. And uh, 
very close to like all of the famous museums in Vienna. The location is actually right. incredible. Incredible. You, you get to be in the Vienna, best location. <laughs> the best location for sure. Uh, do they have like Street Fighter tournaments? Oh yeah, yeah. Like and everything else is there. Oh, definitely. Okay, everything okay. else is there. So, yeah. I need to. I need to see if I can hornswoggle my Seriously. way there. Seriously. So it's you know. so cool. It's okay. so. I had a blast there. Okay. Okay. Uh, for my number two event, uh, I listed, and I'm not limiting it to places that I went to, okay, gotcha. so I'm just, I'm doing just based off of overall everything. Do your thing. Uh, I had to put Red Bull Kumite in oh, there, because sure. I just think Red Bull Kumite was just so well done, and in fact, I, I, I wanted to kind of put it as number one this year, except for the fact that it still is an invitational, mm. and to me, I still want to cherish open tournaments a little bit more but as far as invitationals as far as production goes and you know a lot of there's been a lot of conversations about esports versus fgc and blah 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 and you know they're trying to do this and that well red bull seems to understand the perfect balance between trying to make it like big production but still very fgc yeah it does you know like the samurai helmet and the little tokens that they had for oh, everybody was cool. red bull at red bull. yeah it was just really well done the production was really cool we even got a lot of good personality moments like infectious not high-fiving a single soul and things like that it was just it was really 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 well done so i was really happy about red bull kumite i hear that it was a lot of fun to watch. Okay, so what do you got? My number two is CEO. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, the tournament's great. It's just a great tournament. Like, everything that you want to have in a tournament is there. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. organization is great. There's a huge arcade room. You can find casuals <laughs> easily. Uh, the All the best players in the world are there, so you get to watch mm-hmm. if that's what you prefer to do. Uh, there's all sorts of little things there. Like they, they were one of the first that did big artist alleys, and they still do a great job yeah, at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's uh, lots of other stuff to to play and do there. The arcade, the, the wrestling side. Yeah, the arcade yeah, thing uh, is huge, of course. Uh, the wrestling show I've had a blast at the last couple of years. <laughs> it's not not something I ever intended to go to or expected to go to, maybe, mm-hmm, but I've really had mm-hmm. fun at. So it's it's got its like unique flavor of this kind of wrestling themed event. Um, the finals in that little like wrestling arena. You know, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I like a lot of that stuff. Anyway, it's number two because it's in. The city that it's in, which oh, is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awful. the biggest problem right there. So, so but for was... the city, <laughs> you know, but boy. I think that was one Everything of the things great. that kept it off of my list, unfortunately, was the was the city. So Don't go to Daytona. It's not yeah. great. <laughs> uh, so let me do this really quick because I can. Uh, my number one was, again, a one that I did not go to was the Tekken World Tour Finals. Uh, again, this was the ending of the Tekken World Tour, uh, and I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to this at some point in time, but you know, in terms of uh, world, uh, world Tour ending events, it was really well done. Oh yeah. You know, had all the storylines, had everything going, great production, the LCQ was awesome and streamed, and um, you know, there was just a lot of... The format, I love the round robin format. Every year they do such an amazing job. And uh, they, they, they travel all around the world. It was in uh, Singapore this year. Um, and it was Singapore, right? Yeah. Wasn't it Thailand. In Thailand. I think so, it was in Bangkok. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Sorry. Thailand. Uh, getting my countries my geography sucks i'm sorry my geography is terrible but um yes so it was in thailand and you know it's cool that they go around every year and i just think that they yeah. do a really good job with that oh no doubt about so that there you go so there's my t- that that's my uh number one 
All right, well, my number one for probably the 18th year in a row is the (laughs) Chicago Major, which is Combo Breaker. Okay, Um, okay. It's just the best tournament. I mean, what do you want to say about it? Like (laughs) Everything that I mentioned about CEO is true for that, but I think it's, without the wrestling side, obviously, more focused on the games themselves, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I feel it does that better than anybody else. Um... I mean, in addition, like some of my good friends live in that area and hanging out with them before and after and during the event is always a big blast. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who I've known for, you know, 15, getting towards 20 years at this point, (laughs) um, they they go there. So there's a there's a lot of that side for me as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not in Daytona, which is an upside. It's (laughs) also it's better to be in the middle of nowhere for sure. And so so it is, which Uh is a step uh up. uh But um Anyway, the tournament itself, absolutely fantastic. I've had a blast there every single year I've gone. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, Combo Breakers got into that point where I feel like this category is the best non-Evo slash Combo Breaker event of the year. Maybe so. I'm trying to spread it around a (laughs) little, which is why I put Frosty Faustings in there. Fair enough. Yeah, so I'm, like I said, I'm trying to spread the love just a little bit more. I've definitely had both CEO and Combo Breaker on my list for for definitely at least four years now. Yeah, I mean, if you notice, I I didn't put either of them on there, so. (laughs) I just, they're the best to me, so there you go. Oh, man. All right. All right, all right. Well, that was event of the year. Yes. And now, coming up, match of the year. Match of the year. Wow, I feel like we got here fast. Okay. Well, it's the third one. Okay, okay. It's the third one. It's the third one out of uh, quite a few topics. Out of here. quite a few. It's definitely a good way to put All right. it. And uh, I think I you're believe, starting with this I one I believe here. I'm starting this one. Yes, yes. So, yes, I will yes. start it off by taking us way back to... Not too long ago, when IDOM, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's IDOM and Punk <laughs> played in Capcom right, Cup right, Grand right. Finals. Okay, okay, so Capcom right. Cup Grand Finals, where, of course, IDOM ended up winning. He reset the bracket. It was a 3-2 reset. Then he won 3-1. to one. Um, Obviously, life-changing for IDOM to win that much money. Just so out of the ballpark for anything else that you can win. And, and he's the one who took it. Nobody had him on their radar. He's a player that everybody thinks is extremely good, but... Nobody picked to win Capcom Cup, nevertheless. And he did it versus Punk, the player that like everybody th- thought would win Capcom Cup. Yeah, not only that, but he w- he's been dominating. He went up 2-0. It just looked like... he went up 2-0. I, I remember watching it, and it was just like, well, okay, this is the way it was going to go. Punk is just going to dominate yeah. this tournament. He had dominated everyone before that in the tournament itself. So, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he just blew up everybody in that event. Yeah, um, and it was one of the few times that I've seen Punk get hit by fake stuff. Like, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm, flummoxed him mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. that he did things like command grab, dash, command grab with Laura, which is not real. You can press a button there. Mm-hmm. And Punk's reflexes are so good. His understanding of options is so good that that just doesn't work on him. But Idom, like, got him to the point of that or recognized right. that Punk maybe has a problem with falling apart in those situations. And Idom recognized that and he took advantage of it. I just thought everything was so, so well yeah, yeah, Very, yeah, very yeah, fun to watch. Exactly. Excellent mm-hmm. gameplay. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Okay, okay. Uh, my number three, uh, probably one that a lot of people wouldn't be surprised that I put this on here, uh, but I put down for number three, Texas versus Florida. Ooh. MK11. How did I not think of this? Combo Breaker Exhibition. 
Because that thing was disgustingly sick. Amazing. It was so good. And the drama on there and the way that the heroes stepped up and just like took out a bunch of people in a row and then came back and fought. And oh, God, it was so good. And then uh, what a good pick. the Man. commentary was so good on there, <laughs> yes. too, because it was raw commentary. Yes. It was just the unbridled Katana Prime was just like yelling and people talking trash. It, it, it felt very... You know, FGC. It, it felt very much what like the FGC was about, and so uh, I I did get reminded of that, and I was like, oh god, that event was so good. So I put it as my number three here. So. It's such a great pick. <laughs> I wish I had thought of it, it was so <laughs> but good. I didn't. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 My number two is Axe versus Wizrobe at Smash Summit Grand Finals. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um. Pikachu won a major. This is uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, right? Uh, this is Melee. Melee, Melee. Okay, okay. Sorry, I'm typing. You're doing a lot of things, things right yeah, now. I get exactly. it. Exactly. Um, uh, was Wizard. Smash Summit, right? That's Smash Summit. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it was like I said. It was Pikachu versus Falcon in Grand Finals, which mm-hmm, is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so many killers were there, and that's who ended up doing it. Uh, so amazing oh, yeah, for right. okay, Axe okay, to okay. finally yeah. take it. Like he had been getting second places. He had been close. Mm-hmm, he had been close. Mm-hmm. And that was like Wizzy had had like a lot of really good success. Wasn't that the weekend of Pikachu? Wasn't that like Isam just won like an event and then like Ash actually won something in the cartoon as well? I think you're right. I think, you're, I think I that was the that. weekend of Pikachu. That. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, it was a uh, bracket reset at first, but then Axe won second, uh, uh, three to one. A um, lot of really interesting little plays in there. It was a lot of fun to watch. Okay, okay. I thought that was very interesting. All right. Important result, you know. Pikachu okay. finally wins a major. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay, let's do this here. Let's get to my number two. Be nice to have a stream producer one of these days. You yeah, know. <laughs> Maybe in nine more seasons. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. Um, Ion versus Punk. I know versus number Punk, number man. Two, yeah, I had that as my number two because for a lot of the reasons that we were talking about, just it just seemed like Punk was gonna win it, like just free, right? And he had been his demon all the time. Then somehow, when Idom won his first game, I remember thinking to myself, at least it wasn't a three zero. Mm-hmm. And then he won another one, and I was like, huh? And then he reset the bracket, and I was like, oh. Okay, and then he switched to poison, and I remember I was in the crowd in the back, like standing a bunch of next to the top players back there, and they were like, "No, why are you doing right. this? Why are you switching?" Right. Da, da, da. But it worked out, it and did. he won with poison. So there you go. So, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have me cleaning the stage. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, same same thing. I had that event over there, uh, that that match up there that you had as well. So it's a good one. Okay. All right, my first match of the year, my, my favorite match of the year, mm-hmm. was, I think, the highest level MK11 that's been seen so far, which is Sonic Fox versus Ninja Killer mm-hmm. at ECT in the Losers Finals. Um, they have had this rivalry. Again, Ninja Killer, like I was saying earlier. Which event was this at? At ECT. ECT. Get over here. He just came out, like, at the beginning of last year. Wow, okay. Like, so less than a year ago. We just got hosted by Automatic right there and gave us, like, a bunch of viewers as well. Thank you very so much. You very nice yeah, of you. Uh, um, he has not been playing for very long, but but there was a rivalry with Sonic Fox right away because people like saw similarities in how dominant that they were, and so the they had met up and they met up here, and at first uh, Ninja Killer went up 2-0, and we thought it was going to be a wash, mm-hmm, we thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a blow up, 
and then Fox came back to win it 3-2. Like, every single match was super close. Uh, all the rounds were super close. It was the highest level of the mix-ups that you could have that we've seen so far. The highest level of spacing and whiff punishing that we've seen so far. I felt like that was like that was the match that for me... Uh, I already loved MK11, obviously, but uh, that like really was everything that I wanted to be in that game. Right, yeah. Okay, okay. Um... I am my notepad. You know how notepad does things right now. I do. It's doing some weird stuff right now. Uh, my number one was actually uh, followed Sonic Fox, but on the other end of things, it's Goichi versus Sonic Fox right. for DBFZ at Evo. Um, this match to me, whoops, actually, let me do this here. There you go. This match to me, um, yeah, okay, fit. Uh, this match to me was, you know, it was just a good storyline. It was a culmination of this storyline that's just been yep. running for such a long time. It's just such a great story. And uh, for Goichi to win it, and honestly, like, I just felt like it was the perfect storm of all the stuff, right? So, uh, one, you know, shout-outs to, to, to Tasty Jam, who they don't get to commentate together much anymore, yeah. which is really a shame. It is. But uh, they, they, they were doing the commentary for that. They had a great call on there and then uh the camera work was also just really well done then goichi's just complete emotional breakdown like it's the one event that's still like every time i watch it i get like emotional it was the probably the 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 the, the main cry point for me at evo this past year sure. and then sonic fox you know how he is whenever he loses he's always oh they, however how they are whenever they lose they're always like in such good spirits and they were just like raising goichi's <laughs> Right. You know, and they yeah. were just like, you were, you know, oh, this is so amazing. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were so happy for Goichi. Like, the whole thing just came together so perfectly. And I just thought that that was a really good example of what can be the rivalry, but still it's in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Sonic Fox wanted to win, mm -hmm. but when Sonic Fox didn't win, they didn't care. They're like, Goichi, yeah, right. and Goichi with the, the the crying and just the the emotion. I just felt it was like the perfect encapsulation of what the FGC is about. There's so know? much respect between them. Yeah, you could tell, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly, it mattered so much to exactly, both of them. Exactly. Exactly. Every time I think about it, I get teary eyed. For too, sure. So, what yeah, a story. So, so that's my number one match of the year. So there you go. Okay. You well, wanna, we move on now to. You wanna jump next one or do a break? Yeah, let's do another just, one. Let's, let's move on, man. Yeah, let's just keep doing that. Let's All right, story it. of the year. Story for 2019. of the year. All right, hang on. You're starting this one? Yes. I'll have you know. Yes. So I get to relax. <laughs> you get to chillax for a second here. Um, if I'm allowed to say that at my age. so. Okay. I think you're only allowed to say that at your age. I don't think <laughs> anybody it? younger than you says that. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was a, I thought that was a new thing, isn't it? I don't think so. Okay, all right. Uh, story of the <laughs> damn. <laughs> okay, story of the year. Now, uh, This category is interesting. I just have some weird stories here that uh, that I want to talk about. So. Um, mine was the changing of the controller guard. Um, I really feel like this was the year where we're finally just kind of like really examining the controller situation, right? 
between all these things, the cross-up coming out, right? Uh, it's coming out this year. Uh, it was a Kickstarter project, but just having it being produced started raising all these questions about Tekken. Interesting. Uh, Daigo using the Gafro box really started changing up a bunch of stuff. And the hitbox is you know, getting bigger and bigger and everything like that. And then the cannons coming out with the ruling at EVO that eventually we're just, whatever, you right. know, your game had better handle it. And if it doesn't, then it's not the controller's fault. It's your game's fault for not handling the SOCD properly and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting situation because we really are at a time in which Tekken is designed around one specific input which is the joystick and button combination because that's how you are designing to make things difficult to do, right? And it's kind of an archaic way to do it. I'm not saying it's the wrong way to do it. You can't blame them for doing it and having kept it for this many years. But because all this stuff is changing, and I really do think that the, the proliferation of controllers is should be allowed to the point where, you know, it's not outside of macros, obviously, but it really is the game's responsibility to react to the new peripherals as opposed to banning peripherals and stuff like that. And I felt like this year really started kind of, even though we had been talking about it for a long time, you know, about Hitbox being, this is absolutely what you should be going to yeah. now. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I think at this point in time, th this last year was when it really kind of hit the mainstream conversation and will continue to do so at this point in time. So there you go. I hope and expect you're right. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Snake Eyes has that crazy controller. Too. That is yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah. That was designed for him by the UCLA. I don't remember what the part <laughs> of it is. Some design crew at UCLA. I even asked him. So cool. I asked him at Capcom Cup too. I was like, "Do you have it? I just want to hold it and see." Yeah. And he's like, "I don't have it with me right now." And so and everything like that. So, but yeah, it was. It's crazy that they just made one for his hand shape. It's so cool. Can you imagine if we get to that point where right? they just start making good controller for everybody's hand shape? That just how they feel like it. They could add. I mean, Luffy obviously likes his controllers lights, which was why he keeps using the PlayStation One controller because Rumble is done by weights. And so those controllers are heavier. Right. So he's still playing on the super light controller. They could make him a brand new light controller that like sure. It would he's be on awesome, Red man. Bull too, right? So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there you That'd go. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> okay. What's All right. Number three? My number one three. or three, three, whatever. The first one, aka <laughs> yeah, number three, uh -huh, uh -huh. is gonna be the push for netcode. The push for netcode. This is finally a time when we, <sighs> as the plebes of the FGC, have thrown off our chains and have. Realize that together we are strong, and that we can, through solidarity, affect change mm -hmm. amongst the producer class of the video game developers. Yes. And so we're trying to make that happen. And I'm not sure if it's going to be successful. <laughs> well, it won't be successful right away. No, because, it can't be successful right away. Because the thing is, what people don't realize is that the games that are coming out have already been in production. And, yeah. and to implement rollback netcode, you kind of have to have... It Some will take headway. You gotta have a little while. bit of headway. But it's it's it has mattered, of course, ever since the beginning. But as far as like our sort of public push towards this, mm -hmm, it's never mm -hmm. been greater than it is right now. Yeah. So yeah. I really hope that that will affect change. So much to the point that we actually have the flat earthers of the FGC coming out with people actually trying to argue against rollback net code. Like sure. that to me blows my mind that it's even happening. But you know, just to kind of add to that, you know, Mike Z had even talked about it that if you have the right design in the UI, you can add delay 
to the rollback netcode to the point where you turn it into delay netcode. You could just ramp up it and it's the exact same thing. It just, like if some, a lot of the games with the rollback netcode have that setting that yeah. you can tweak in there. And if you just ramp it up past what the actual physical delay is, it's just roll, you get delay netcode. Cool. So if, if you, you want, want. delay netcode and that option's there, boom, you oh, just crank man. that number up to 20, you know, and then it'll play exactly how you want it to anyway. So it doesn't even matter. So, well, you know. Um, we'll see if that works. Yeah. Yesterday I, I watched uh, SpaceX launch a rocket up to uh, orbit, uh -huh. and there was a camera on it the entire time. And so uh -huh. you could uh -huh. see that as the world grew in size and was clearly a sphere behind it, you could uh -huh. just see it. But there's still people who believe in flat Earth, so what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, man, yeah, exactly. Uh, my number two story is the battle for rollback netcode. So, uh -huh. you know, so uh, okay. same thing, same thing situation, which is why I was kind of talking about it and, you know, already had thoughts about for it sure. and everything like that. And, yeah. This, I think, is going to be one of the most important parts because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we've been talking about the decade, right? And one of the things that I didn't really get a chance to, you know, talk about the decade, one of, one of the things that I think is one of the most important things of the fighting game community for this past decade is the miserable online experience, right? I think that's one of the biggest things of the decade is that the online experience from 2010 has not improved to 2009. Yeah. It's just a bunch of ranked matches. It's miserable. It's not fun. The net code 2019. sucks. 2019. The net code sucks. All that stuff like that. And so... Also, it's 2020. Roll... What's that? Never mind. Yeah, I know. I'm totally on, messed on, up. I'm sorry. But in any case, you know, with GGPO coming out, and obviously that doesn't mean everyone can just plug it in, but now it's, it's free to license yeah. and everything. So you have the example right there. You can just go off of that, everything like that. So uh, I think that uh, net code is... Is, was one of the biggest stories this year. So Makes sense go. to me. All right. My number two is that uh, Melee still thrives. Mm, okay. I really like this. Um, now, Curly W gave me a <clears throat> bunch of stats to check up on this. Because mm -hmm. uh, the way that I subjectively felt was that it felt like the scene had not decreased in size at all. But it has decreased in size a little bit. Okay, okay. That said, there are still a lot of tournaments that have gigantic numbers of entrants for, for Melee. Mm -hmm. uh, there's still a like, quickly evolving meta in it with characters who have won tournaments who had never won tournaments before. Right. With players who won tournaments who hadn't won tournaments before. Uh, there was a tournament where the gods weren't even in top four, for example. Like, right, there's still a lot of like yeah. evolution and change in Melee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It still gets tons of viewers on Twitch. It's still I mean, extremely you had, popular. You just talked about Pikachu winning a tournament. Exactly right. right. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's so cool. Um, you know, it wasn't at Evo, right? And so... Mm -hmm. Didn't hurt it at it all. It didn't seem to hurt it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right? I mean, maybe a tiny bit, but it didn't <laughs> didn't really seem to make that much of a difference. So hats off to the Melee scene for continuing and, and yeah. keeping on. It's so so cool. You know, I, I, I'm really sad because I, I really want to talk about it, and I never got a chance to throw it anywhere into here, but I'll just use this opportunity just to kind of shout out the Unist scene as sure. well for how great that they had at Evo and everything like that. So it's kind of a similar situation. It's like the scene will always, I feel like, be the thing that keeps the game alive or grows it and makes it stronger. So I think that's really, really cool. So, uh, but, you know, the number one story of the year, right? I mean, again, I think we all kind of know where this is probably going to go. Yeah, but how'd you phrase it? Because we phrased uh, the first one it, differently. I called the Pakistan rise the power. Okay, sure. I, call I it, just said Pakistani second. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Pakistan's rise to power, I think, is just a 
Story that doesn't happen. You, we talked right. about it earlier with Pakistan and Arsenal Ashes. It just doesn't happen. Right. Right? You will get all the time. My, this place is really good at fighting games. Sure, buddy. Yeah. Sure, buddy. I mean, that's happened ever since the days of Shoryuken in forums, right? Yeah, like, there's always uh-huh. been the, the person on there who said, I'm actually secretly the best at whatever game. And, like, <laughs> my town or school or whatever, like, we're actually the best. And it's never true. Right. It's, that's never right. Right? Like, randos you never heard of are the best. Mm-hmm. And I, I always remember, too, because, like, on the forums, there was one guy who was like, I could totally beat Valle and Choi and CVS and everything like that. And yeah. I was like, you won't, right? And he's like, what if I came and did? And I was like, then congratulations. Great. Come and do it, yeah. man. I was just like, come and do it. And, like, everybody was like, you're being way too nice to this guy, James. I'm like, no, but it's true, though. If just he can, do it, do it yeah. right? And so, you know, you hear, like, oh, Pakistan, ah, oh, whatever. And then Pakistan comes out, and they did it. Yeah. <laughs> and they absolutely did it. They and, did it. like I said, to the point where people were convinced to travel to Pakistan and actually train, right? And then you ended up with a situation, like, uh, and, and again, you know, absolutely shout out to this Pakistani community, too. Because, like, when Nee showed up and everything, like, they, he was like a hero's welcome, dude. Like, they right. greeted him at sure. the airport, and they had all these people waiting for him and cheering for him when he showed up. I mean, you have this dude from Korea going to Pakistan, and they're cheering for him, showing up at the airport. I mean, that is like some sort of international diplomacy that we don't see in anything. You know what I mean? It's crazy, dude. It's really, really awesome. So uh, for me, it was just, it's going to be an unrepeatable story. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if this can happen at this point in time because the thing about it is now everybody's going to want to be the next Pakistan and it's going to be harder for it to surprise us, I think. So, you know. I mean, an, an important part, a necessary part of it surprising us was just that we didn't see them, that we were, we had hubris about it, right? Uh-huh. Like, it was, it was our own fault uh-huh, yeah. as much as it was them not traveling or whatever. Like, it yeah. was definitely our, our issue as well for not believing it because there, like, <laughs> there were these whispers for many years and nobody tested it out yeah uh, well not nobody some some players were good right we knew, and it's just like Hado says I can't wait to see how they perform in 2020 that'll but be a big thing I think they're gonna do just fine for sure. and, 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 and I think a lot of that of t- TWT not making top 8 is going to weigh heavily on them that lights and, the fire yes absolutely those kind of things are the best motivators, right? And I just think that it's, it's going to be a continuing story. But like I said, I think by at some point next year, I don't think we'll be talking about it. And that's a good thing. It'll just be, oh, there's, he's a player from Pakistan and he's right. doing really well. We expect him to do well. Right. He's part of the mix. I don't I don't want to keep this eyeball on Pakistan. No, no, I, I agree. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be like, how are they doing? You I know, agree. like, so, you know, I'm you don't really, need to treat them as some really excited about that. Yeah, Philippines and Peru, all the P countries. That's actually funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're not that. So I, one day when I had nothing else going on, I spent 15 hours like doing all sorts of research into and trying to like cross uh, uh, reference different stats on countries' GDP and wealth and cities' individual GDPs and wealth and their level of technology and their access to freedom of information. All these stats. It took me forever to try to figure out like what's like the next likeliest place. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's like the hidden country or city? That's going to be the, the next geniuses. That's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I spent way too long on it, honestly. You'll have to show me the spreadsheet. Sure. Because I know it's, you I have the spreadsheet. I know you have the spreadsheet. It's on this computer I know right you have the spreadsheet. So, yes, it is. 
anyway, that is in conclusion, I kind of felt like there weren't any more hidden places that had like oh, yeah? likely chances. Okay. Maybe there's a couple geniuses hanging out in Legos or yeah. something like that, but yeah. it's there's not going to be many for I sure. I like Mikey's guess. Atlantis is going to come Atlantis. and do Atlantis is going to rise from the ocean and be like, we are the best at Tekken. We're going to oh, be yeah. like, what? I thought that was Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. Okay, okay. All right. Well, All right. anything else to say about story of the year? Uh, not yet right now. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Okay, or do you want to sure. take a break? Or yeah, I'll just, just do another one, whatever. Okay. Let me take a break. Okay, sounds good. Because I want to eat. Yeah. Oh, you have food That's again, right? Okay. Uh, FGC, member of the year. Okay, FGC, member of the year. Now, we've added a category this year for content creator of the year. Yeah. So we've kind of uh, split it a little bit now. And so uh, FGC member of the year is just someone who just helps grow the FGC overall, uh, just does good work, helps represent, and just does a lot of great things for the FGC, not just content creation and stuff like that, right? Exactly. So uh, this is what, the fifth one? That we've done this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you go first. Oh, oh, oh yeah, category. Yeah, it's yeah, the fifth yeah. one, yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so we have FGC. All right, my number three is the... Uh, bracketologist extraordinaire Curly W. Oh dang! Who okay, performs okay. very important service that not many people think about or care about very much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that he will spend all the time <laughs> that you're willing to spend <laughs> listening to him talk about brackets and bracketology. Mm-hmm, the reason mm-hmm. is because uh, it it is such a uh, it's so rare that we talk about this side of tournaments. Right, the only time that we talk about this side of tournaments is if the brackets are bad. Somebody ruined the brackets. Somebody ran a pool wrong. So we get the negative side of it sometimes. Right. But as far as like highlighting mm. the positive side of it, I think this is actually something that is super important. Uh, he does a lot of great jobs, uh, a lot of a lot of great work with other people as well. Trying to make sure that seating is good. Like I've been mm-hmm. involved in seating for events that he runs, where you know he'll have a bunch of different people and ask for everybody's different thoughts right. on all the different games and top players. Try to get the seating as good as possible. Yeah. Uh, he'll try to get this the scheduling. Right, along with people He's who run the event. One of the main reasons why an event like Combo Breaker can actually run the way that it does, right? Because he does for the sure. brackets for, for that. Sure. And they, like you said, there's millions of games and people are playing across all these games. Yeah. And somehow the tournament runs smoothly and quickly and very on time. How do you get somebody who enters 80 games in this tournament where they could be holding up different spots, Freaking right? Justin like, Wong. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, there are people who do that. There are people who enter every game. It's not yeah, many, yeah, but that uh, exists. How do you make it so that they are not holding up different pools, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things to think about. Because I'm in the old man room a lot during this last combo breaker because I was doing, yeah. like, ST commentary sure. and Alpha 2, strangely enough, commentary, and, like, Justin's there the entire time. He was in, like... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he was like in these random games, yeah. you know, he's playing, he was in like an EX tournament or something like I'm, that, I'm it was sure, crazy, sure. dude, he was playing everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like Rick just said on the, in the chat here, the CB does not function without Curly. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's just an important role absolutely. to highlight that we don't talk about often mm-hmm, enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is, I mean, it's kind of a makeup one because you had him last year and I was so mad that I haven't rewarded him at all yet Okay. to this day, which is uh, Ace King Offsuit. Okay, like, how sure. have I not put this guy on here? He's like 
the one of the most important people in the FGC. Not only is he the master of the brackets and I mean the world tour points and stuff like yes, that. He's rules. also the scheduling man and everything. Everyone always asks me, "What's the schedule for this tournament?" I'm like, "Chess, check Ace King offsuit. Check Ace King." I mean, honestly, if you are into the fighting game, there are three Twitter accounts you have to follow. Right? Okay. It's Ace King offsuit, High Fight, and Jay Chenzor. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. No, honestly, just two. It's just Ace King offsuit <laughs> okay. and High Fight. Those are the main two ones that you have to follow. Yeah. And you had Ace King offsuit at number one last year. I would love to put him at number one. Uh, but like I said, I, I feel like it's I, I'm one year too late. Okay. I should have had him there last year. I feel terrible about it. But uh, I mean, I, I rewarded a lot of worthy people on, last man. year as well. Fine. But you did fine. Ace King offsuit is the best. So yeah. Also yeah, very yeah. cool that he's working with Juked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. sort of a collation of all sorts of different streams in esports for like every different game, basically. Mm-hmm. And they have schedules for every game and very expansive. You can watch every stream there. They do a great job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ace King Offsuit's working with them on that. So that is, that's mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so, so you had Ace, Ace King, King Offsuit. Mm-hmm. And my number two is uh, Willie P and Katamari, um, Walter Padilla and uh, Zach Kataman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are a couple guys who How do you again. Spell are, his handle again. Which one? Katamar. I think it's Kater. K a t t e e r. Yeah. K a t t e r m a r i. Okay. There you go. Uh, they again. It's sort of on the back end of things. Um, they do really good work uh, for East Coast Throwdown. Where they mm-hmm. like run it in yeah. large sense, um, and it was a really nice event. They, uh, as part of Intersport, run the or are involved with the Mortal Kombat Pro competition, and all the scheduling and making sure everything works out on that. Uh, there's um, other events and tournaments that they've worked at as well. They sort of have their hands in a lot of different things, uh, advertising related stuff as well. So there, there are a couple of guys who are definitely more on the back end. Uh, who nevertheless do really important work that helps keep uh, one of the pro tours alive, one of the big tournaments alive, other stuff as well. Okay. All right. Shout out to them. Yeah, I see them everywhere. Yeah, they've been traveling a lot. They're they're doing a lot of work there. Uh, My number two that I put down was uh, Stephanie Vexeny Lindgren. Cool, man. uh, Who, in my opinion, captured some of the most iconic photos of the year, right? I mean, that tasty Steve jumping out of the chair at uh, Combo Breaker is just like, that. that's gonna live forever, I swear. But the Arslan Ash picture that she got, <laughs> yes. right? She, wasn't she also, who Who was the one who got the, the, the pop-off against uh, Scar? I think that was Stephanie. I think that was Stephanie as well, right? Like, I think she got that yeah, one. Buffalo and Scar. She yeah. also got the amazing Sonic Fox winning Combo Breaker photo that one year yes. when, he, when he beat Goichi and Dragon Ball and everything like that. So, uh, okay, they confirmed it was her. And dude, like, you can't ask for better, like, that kind of representation and photos that we're getting. And she also won uh, Esports Photographer of the Year for one of the random esports award shows. Whichever. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm really happy for her. So I, I had her at number two. I think she provides so much great exposure for the fighting game community. Uh, I've given the award to Robert Paul before, right. and so I really wanted to give a chance to shout out uh, Stephanie as well. So Makes total yeah. sense. That's mm-hmm. a great pick. Yeah, Vexany, that's her Twitter right there that you see uh, Vexani right there. So if you want to see all of her photos, they're right there. Right. So they're all right there. So 
By the way, I'll never have to call him daddy because he's <clears throat> going back to being called Buffalo. So. Yes. Oh yeah, really? Oh, That's okay. what he said. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> oh god, do you see Curly W's comment in the chat right there? Oh bummer. Number, well, we're number, moving on. Did you see his number <laughs> number one FGC member? Of the I year? did. I did. <laughs> yes, I was trying to ignore it. Oh, okay. Fair uh, anyway, my number one. So in the past. I've said that I'm not going to give this award to the same people over and over again. Right, uh-huh. And now we have more categories than we did at that point. I kind of feel like it's more fair to just... <clears throat> same with the tournaments. Like, if it's the best, just, like, <laughs> say it. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's 10-0. Right. Is my number one crew. Uh, the 10-0 crew who do so much streaming yeah. of, of big broadcast events. It's, uh, it's not just become, like, a little crew of streamers. You know what I mean? It is, but it's... It's everything. It's uh, huge crews, right? The crew to run Evo is who I don't know how many people. It's right. dozens, right? It's mm-hmm, gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with many of the other events that they go to. They are involved with league ops and running things on that side of mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. They're involved with uh, YouTube uploading, advertising, like all the sort of things that you can think of on on that side of of the FGC. They are among the foremost in doing. Yeah, and uh, they're awesome at it. Yeah, I mean, last year... Yeah, Spooky's part of it, right? Spooky last year, I know we joked that this category should be like the non 10 you know, FGC members of the year. We never officially did that, yeah. but um, uh, I put 10 Productions as well. Did you really? Because, wow. Okay. I mean, look, the thing about it is if we're going to put them in there, we're putting them in there because clearly they're the most... I mean, it's very evident given the disparity between Tekken World Tour and Capcom Pro Tour, the mm. finals, the disparity, how much the Tenno means to the FGC in production. Because we're so spoiled to have a group of people that talented at making productions who know everything about the fighting game community. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just endemic folks, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're so naturally born into our community that... I just think it's a mistake to not get them to run anything of importance in the fighting game community. You know what I mean? Hard to disagree too they much. They are that. worth whatever, you know, that, they, that they're asking for, and they will make sure the event runs well. There's a re- That was one of the main reasons why I had Tekken World Tour as my number one mm. event of the year is because Tenno did such a good job running it, and they're so reliable, and they're so great. And, uh, again, you know... We're lucky to have Seglia in our scene. I'm just going to say that much. And I know Tenno is a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. And I know Seglia spends all of his time going, it's not me, I don't do anything. Yeah. But we're lucky to have that well, man. That's more true now than it used to be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's trained other people to do his work. No. Um, um, but yeah, it's nice that he, that this invader from the SOCOM community decided to invade like, <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I do want to say one thing, though. I did have an honorable mention okay. because I did have someone on my list that I was going to put on there until Tenno shoved him off the wow. list. But as I said, my number three is often our personal and biased and everything like that. Okay. And so my original number three, who is now my number four honorable mention, is actually Kenny Omega. Oh, Because nice. Kenny Omega is so awesome. Okay. And I mean... I've gotten a chance to work with him a bunch, and yeah. you know the amount that he just loves fighting games is yeah. is legit. He's just a huge nerd. He's the biggest. He's nerd. just a nerd. He's the biggest <laughs> nerd, and uh, it's so cool. And I'm so happy. And actually, you know what? That is a really good point. Or, or only Bernie beats Akuma because now I actually feel really bad because I completely forgot to do that. 
What's up? Actually, what might be one of the most important FTC members of the year might be Sherry Jennings. Actually. Yeah, she was, she was in my, my runner-up. If just, I were to have a runner-up, it was definitely Sherry. I just completely... That's flew over my head. Yeah, I may actually... Kenny might okay. have to drop the number five. Okay, then. you got it. There you go. But, I, I mean, again, and, and he also got to super kick uh, Yoshinoro Ono on mm, stage, the right? catharsis, I mean, James. The <laughs> catharsis of that so moment. I mean, like, Kenny Omega, he's just awesome. And we're lucky to have him in our scene in a way that's involved that he just genuinely enjoys everything so much. And again, at Capcom Cup, I got to spend a lot of time in the back room with yeah. him and talking and everything like that and just, you know, all the stuff. And he just genuinely loves the community. Yeah. And I think He's that's super awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you guys are right. I I, I probably put it, should have had Sherry somewhere in the top three up there. Well, talk about Sherry. Because uh, she did the E-Fight Pass yeah. stuff, which... Uh, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't even have the Arslan Ash story, right? I mean, he won Evo Japan, but he would not have won Evo without E-Fight Pass. So Sherry has started up the E-Fight Pass stuff, which is she's been working on getting all these people uh, the visas to make it there. Right. Zenith would not have been in Capcom yep. Cup were it not for that. Uh, the, the work that she has done uh, to create this program and to get all these players to be able to travel to Evo, to America, and, you know, co-helped by Justin Wong, who sponsored the entire crew to Evo, you know, flew out like five players to Evo from the E5 pass. So, yeah, I, I, I actually do feel bad, uh, honestly, because Sherry also is a very good friend of mine as yeah. well. And so... It makes me, I feel like kind of like a jerk having completely <laughs> forgot about putting that on It's there. all good, James. But, you know. <laughs> we uh, talked about it in the end. Yeah, E5 yeah, pass she, is for very, sure, very, very, important very, role. very important. So, yep. there you go. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay, okay. All right, so that is our uh, FGC members of the year. All right. Now, did you want to take a break now, or do you want to do the sixth one, or what? How many categories do we have? Well, we have 12. 12 categories? No, 15, excuse me. 15. Let's take a break, then. We'll do five, break, five, break, and then we'll do five. Love How's it. that, okay? All right, guys, we'll be right back in uh, just a second. And... That's right. I don't know if the guys in the chat saw the... So, I mean, some of them are seeing ads right now, but for yep. those who are not seeing the ads, are subscribers, so if you don't want to see those ads, you can subscribe, and then you can watch uh, these slides go by, you can support our Patreon, and then the, the new split box that you're working on here, uh, and you are, uh, you have your final design here, and you're going to actually start making it for people to, 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 to order. That's right, yeah, so if you're interested in that, then send me an email about it. Uh, I haven't decided on anything like pricing or exact the exact options. So that's part of why I haven't decided pricing is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. knowing like what kind of options should come with it is an important part of setting that up. So if you're curious about it, then send me an email. Yep. And uh, let's chat about it. Price TBD. Price uh -huh. TBD. So there you go. Oh man. Uh, yeah, one of the. Uh, I mean, we'll probably talk about this more on stream. Actually, I'll, I'll wait. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll wait to talk about it a little bit. So. Uh, yes, and we are on Spotify finally. So um, uh, you go tinyurl.com slash UCTV Spotify. Because Spotify, weirdly enough, doesn't have like, you can't like use your username as a link or something. It's very weird okay. or something. I look for other people's Spotify's and like nobody seems to have a good Spotify URL. So <laughs> it's like it's really hard to, 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 to get it. So there you go. Uh, you can see it on the slide itself, true or false. 
If you just wait about, there you go. Questions, email david at ultradavid.com. There it is. And you can ask him questions about, the, read the slides, yeah, man. I on. created these slides for, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what do people think of this new Tuesday show logo that we have oh, yeah. here? So I created a new logo over here. Let me know uh, what you guys think of that So uh, with that logo. Slides are too fast, huh? My see. dinner tonight is... Brie and cheddar with various crackers and some almonds and an apple. Yeah, for sure the Tuesday Show logo is weird because the C is in there, so it looks like the Tuesday C Show, and I, and I realize that, and I'm aware of that, but... And yes, I do think it's actually a little too big, but, um, you know, I do feel like... Uh, it was kind of based off of your thumbnails that you created. <laughs> My a long own crappy ones. Yeah. It was the only one that I could think of, and so I just went and did that. Yeah, I was doing a lot of stuff during the break, DJ Blues. I was doing a lot of stuff. I also had a town, a friend from out of town that I was visiting. That was visiting, and we were we were hanging out all the time. We were actually playing a bunch of board games. Actually, oh, nice. uh, have you ever played Dead of Winter? This board game. It's actually really fun. No. If anybody in the chat has actually played Dead of Winter, it's actually super fun. It can be played with two players, but it can be played up to five players. And it's basically a, a zombie apocalypse board game where okay. you basically have to like survive the zombie apocalypse and like accomplish these goals and stuff like that. It's actually really fun. That's cool. So yeah, it was really really cool. Uh, had a good time with that. Had a good time with that. Pandemic was the other game. Actually, Pandemic and Den of, Dead of Winter were two games that we were deciding between. Mm -hmm. And we just went with Dead of Winter instead of Pandemic. So uh, Pandemic, I've heard, is very, very good as well. So, they, I mean, honestly, the board game scene is really amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the huge. The stuff that they've come up with is amazing. It's huge. So. Yeah, I don't know if Cone is still in the chat at some point, but uh, definitely if we ever get a chance to all hang out, if you come and visit again when, when, when Jason's here, like we can all just sit there and play some Dead of Winter. Sounds that awesome. game is like super fun. So, All right, well, it's, it's done. Okay, cool. You ready? Yes, I am. All right. All right, welcome back to, to Tuesday's show. Again, this is, of course, the Ultra Chen... 2019 Year in Review and Awards, mm -hmm. and we're going to move on now to the next one, which is the new category. Mm, new okay, category okay, now okay, okay, of okay. Content Creator slash Streamer of the Year. You know what the worst thing about this is? This title Not is us. way too long. <laughs> I mean, Content Creator's fine. Con you don't need okay, a streamer, yeah, probably. Okay, I'll just get rid of it. <laughs> Co content Creator of the Year. There, there it is. Okay, okay, nice. Okay. And again, not us. So we're going to be talking about who our favorite content creators slash streamers are. This is, you know, interpretable pretty widely. Yeah. Uh, uh, people who make content. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different people who do that. So I believe you are I will be first starting here. here. Yeah. And again, this is me doing my stream producer text, copy, paste, cut, all this stuff here. Where is this category on my list here? Ah, okay. Yes. Uh... Uh, I'm cheating here again. This is another one of those uh, dual ones that oh, I'm boy. over here, but that's because they kind of fall into the same category. Uh, but my content creator of the year, number three, is actually Shunao and Wave Chan. Okay. Uh, Shunao is an artist who's been doing a lot of stuff for the fighting game community, and uh, I, I'm just like... One of the things that makes me super happy about what she's doing is one, I mean, she's built up this big following on Twitter and everything like that. She does a bunch of artwork for the anime community, but... Arxis, you know, is acknowledging her work and stuff like that. They have her, you know, she's at 
Arc Revo, you know, they've they've got her selling their wares. I mean, like, can you imagine the company like saying, okay, you can go ahead and make money off of our property. Right. Go ahead, you know, right. and all that stuff. That's Not awesome, only man. that, but she also created the, the Eunice shirts that were given away or that were sold at Evo. You remember the, uh -huh. those nice okay. Eunice shirts? She actually got to design all that stuff like that. Awesome. Uh, Wave Chan, a.k.a. Irene Lee, uh, she's the one who does all the Meow versus Catcom stuff like that. But in particular, I don't know if you saw the video she released before the year ends she's also a fervent mvci player right. and now she's creating all these like tokens and things like that that for the course of the year if you win mvci you get to or like participate she's going to hand you these things that you could try collecting them what? you can collect these gems that you can put on this glove thing <laughs> that she drew or something like that wow. it's, it's crazy okay. what she's doing to try to help promote uh mvci <laughs> so awesome. uh, i actually have them both uh there she got second place, I think it was at, um, was it at ECT or something like that? Uh, she, it was towards the end of the year. Yeah, it was so towards the end of the year. She just got second NEC place, or, at, or was that NEC? My, it was NEC, NEC. She yeah. got second place at NEC. She runs uh, Zero Sigma, I think it is. Mm. So, yeah, so she's also super good at, at MVCI, and so she does a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, so you get an infinity card gauntlet that gets stickers at each major, and so you can try to collect them, trade them with people, and so she's trying to really help promote the MVCI scene, and I think that's super cool. So shout-outs shout to both of those two. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, who do you have? My first one is going to be FGC Translated. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a newish YouTube account that <clears throat> takes... Streams that have been done by Japanese players where they, you know, they're talking, they're hanging out with their chat mm -hmm. like people mm -hmm. do, right, but right. it's just in the language that I can't understand, <laughs> that, like, a lot of people can't understand. Yeah, and so it's, they and it's translate some of the most it. important players, and it's, too. It's, yeah, right? it's particularly like Bonchan, some of the top Daigo, players, yeah, and yeah, uh, 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 that sort of stuff. Uh, and, it, and it gives you an insight into what they're thinking. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. this is an insight that I've never had really before like i've only ever had sort of no one's ever had this man i'll tell you this i mean maybe if you <laughs> understand japanese right? right but yeah, but if yeah, you yeah. don't then then you've been kind yeah. of out of it and you know every now and then i'll get a chance to talk with some of these players at tournaments mm -hmm. if there's somebody who's there who i know speaks japanese right there's some some folks who've been able to translate right. and, and we talk but that's very rare and limited of course so it's been super cool to get their perspectives on things like, uh, you know, when season five came out for right. Street Fighter Five, like yeah. which characters they think are good, which are not, and I just I want to know about what everybody thinks. Yeah. So I, I'm not like prizing the Japanese perspective in particular, but this is a group of the strongest players that that for me have been sort of. Um, behind a wall, right? Of like right, not yeah. me not really understanding. And yeah, what none they of think. us really knows the gender of FGC translator either. So you know. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, providing a very valuable service. I it feel really bad is, because yeah. I don't actually watch a lot of the content that FGC Translated puts out. I, I just don't sit down and watch YouTube a lot, uh -huh. right? And it's just one of those things that I have trouble doing. Because the thing about it is, whenever I have stuff that I watch in the background, it's always in the background. It's stuff that I don't have to pay attention to while I'm eating or something like that. So, But I feel like something for an FGC Translated I would actually need to pay attention to. It's, it's great. I, I highly recommend it. I would say that lately they've been getting a little bit... Um, <laughs> They've been making sure that every video is 10 minutes or longer, right? Oh, to get, no, okay, to get okay, the, okay. the ads in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh, maybe, uh -huh. maybe tamper down a little bit on right, that front. Right. But anyway, However, the service is very important. I've seen a lot of highlights from High Fight, you know, putting FTC translated clips on there and everything yeah. with the subtitles. He's been doing his own translated stuff as well. But, like, 
I recognize how valuable FGC Translated is, and totally. I had it as number two. Oh, damn. So I okay, actually had FGC Translated, but I just have to give the caveat that I even don't even partake in it that as often as I should. I see. But I realize how valuable uh, the service is in getting the perspective of the Japanese players. And, and just, like I said, we didn't, like for us growing up, you know, Japanese players were always, we don't know what they're doing, yeah. what they're thinking. We don't get to see their personality. And now we actually get to see their personality. Granted, a lot of the players are trying to be way more personable than they used to be. Like, Daigo is just like, he's so silly on his stream. <laughs> Imagine dude. a stream of Daigo 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what it that is. was him during the Evo yeah. Moment 37, yeah. too, yeah. you know? Just like, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I did have him as number two as well. Mm. So there you go. So FGC translated as number two. So, who did you have as your number two? I had Maximilian. Oh, as number okay, two. okay. Well, I feel like you can't have this. I don't know. He needs to be yeah, mentioned, I feel. Uh -huh. Especially because this is the first. Is it two L's or one L? One, one L, okay. This yeah. is the first year that we've done this category, and so mm -hmm. he, I feel, needs to be mentioned because he's like the one. <laughs> he's like the biggest yeah. FGC stream. Okay, that's kind of fair, yeah. Um, it, again, it was like that combo breaker status thing where I was like, eh, you know, everybody yeah. knows Max. Well, they I'll do, but this is the first people. time we've done it. So, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's got to be in that list. Yeah. He has the biggest audience. He's mm -hmm. very positive. He does a bunch of different games. I've met a lot of people now who come to tournaments and tell me that they got into the FGC by watching Max's videos. I was just about it's to say It's been happening that. for yeah, years yeah, at this I'm point. It's not a new say, phenomenon. So that. he's been very effective at getting people into the scene in the mm -hmm, first place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Shout out to Max. I mean, he is the popular streamer who is also in the FGC so that he can drive people in that Definitely. direction, right? Definitely. Whenever you get some of those other people's, like I know Dyrus has been playing Tekken, right? Yeah. But like, that's rare. You don't yeah, get that kind rare. of situation, right? So, okay. okay. It is rare. Okay. Shout out uh, to Max, man. I used to play third with him back in mid two thousands in Family Fun. Yeah. So uh, my number one, uh, my number one is actually Sejam. Sejam, um, nice, yeah. Because he has just been d just killing it in terms of content sure. uh, this past year. He has grabbed. I mean, he has become one of the most prolific. Oh yeah. FGC streamers. I mean, he regularly gets sure. a thousand mm -hmm. people on a stream all the time. He's always talking about a lot of stuff. The net code. Yeah. Issue was basically kind of started by him. He drew you know, a lot he's of the it. one no, no, who, who started doing that. He's basically kind of become, you know, must watch FGC content now. And, uh, you know, I, I just, he's done such a good job with that. He yeah. brings up a lot of stuff. He does a lot of the match analysis. His YouTube is just like amazingly organized and everything like that. And so, shout out to Magic Most as well because uh, <laughs> he is an amazing person who does a lot of great work for Sejam as well. But I really do feel like Sejam right now is like one of the uh, most influential members because of you know the stream and 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 all the stuff that he's yeah, talking yeah. about I mean, look at the rollback netcode stuff and definitely he definitely got the ball rolling on that one yeah so. yeah for sure he's a great pick uh -huh. um my number one though was arturo sanchez ah okay <clears throat> okay <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where i thought you were going at first yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway art so Art has been one of the biggest streamers for a long time, but uh, again, this is the first time we've had this category, so I felt like it was something to, to mm -hmm. talk about for sure. But, you know, he's got his, his own stream, he does stuff for Spooky, and I think the thing that stands out to me most that it is, is just a service that like nobody else does is take old school games and stream them beautifully. 
with tournaments that he has helped organize in some cases uh, that he flies out to, you know, that, that he spends time and money to go to in order to, to highlight. He's got the tech for it that very few other people do. Like, it, I mean, but, watching the Marvel 2... But, dude, I was just about to... The Battle, yeah, of, the the Battle Stronger, of the Strongest a couple weeks the, ago. The quality just of that... so str- pretty. I mean, it was amazing. I went amazing. back and looked at some old MVC2 footage on YouTube, yeah. and it's gross. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's all zoomed and like blurred and yeah. like, and then you watch Battle for the Strongest and like I could like sit there and like click on pixels. Right? You know what I mean? Like I could, add, dude. It's uh-huh, uh-huh. and no, he didn't make that hardware, but he did. He has popularized it, and really he's well. perfecting it as well yeah. because like uh, I've done a little bit of work with him uh, to to be able to get Tetris the Grandmaster working, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. there's another guy who helps out with that uh, a lot as well, uh, Beast. 1x5 I think it is uh, that helps out a lot and the OSCC which I have one of which is helps like it's the line doubler and stuff which Mm. is one of the keys it's not a scaler because scaling is what adds all the blurriness to it but the line doubler is the clean one right but that thing is like it's got like 900 settings that you gotta save all the different settings and like literally there both Arturo and Beast were just like okay so if you wanna stream the Dreamcast we have the settings here we'll tell you this you save this one and this one is designed for the Neo Geo games and let me adjust that like I've seen examples of him taking the color to the Neo Geo games and on two different ones using same hardware they look a little different so he'll tweak them and then they come out and they both look perfect and beautiful like it's work dude Mm. oh yeah when I started going down that rabbit hole and I started talking to Arturo about it, it was just one of those things where I was like, let me get a super gun so I can stream this. And it was like, oh, if you want to stream it, then da 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 And I was like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? <laughs> it is crazy, dude. So Arturo is doing amazing stuff. So really, nice really, really good pick. Really good pick. Man. So just to plug that, that is twitch.tv slash nycfurby and slash teamspooky. With zeros, mm-hmm. if you've never heard of Team Spooky before. Yeah. Uh, also, twitch.tv slash Sajam. Yes. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, twitch.tv slash... Actually, what's Max's that I watch all the time? Um, <laughs> is it Maximilian? Because his YouTube and his Twitch are different. Right, and it gets right, me right. mixed up. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's mm-hmm. Maximilian on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, and then the FGC translated YouTube is right. whatever. FGC translated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a lot for the SC6 scene, Soul Calibur 6. He does it for everything. Who's talking about Art? Uh, Arturo, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of stuff for everything. Definitely, yeah. So there you go. He's always pumping the Macharinos out there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know, right? Helping the players get paid yeah, more. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Maximilian Dude, of course. Maximilian oh, my God. Dude. That's our Maximilian <laughs> underscore D-O-O-D. And yeah, Crispy Love You is absolutely correct as well. You know, there's a lot of great streamers out there. Smug, Automatic, uh, Brian F. And so those guys. The, the, here's a huge list that I, that I made <laughs> that I like finally winnowed down. Was the ones that I mentioned, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, Spooky, uh, Eris, Sajam, Callisto, Jibbo, Ketchup and Mustard, Mr. Aquaman, Honeybee, Bum, uh, Hold Black to Block, R Street Fighter, Born Free, Anime Illuminati, and then the YouTube video channels that upload um, mm-hmm. CFN match videos like Caroso, Maniaco Games, and Misatsu. Yeah, those there's are the, a those lot are the ones that I watch the most. There. There's a lot. So out shout out to everybody there's involved. I tried to kind of divide it up between different kinds of content. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Okay. So I really wanted to give a shout out to, like, artists and stuff like that. So. For sure, man. Okay. Um, what do we got here? All right. The next one is going to be Commentator of the Year. Not us. 
commentator of the year. I mean, I think we could put ourselves if we really felt like it. So. You know I'm my number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, but you go first. So you oh, I go to, first? Oh, wow. Yeah, you get to do number three. Okay, so my third place commentator of the year uh-huh. is Rip. Rip, okay. That's Shout out to Rip. That's why I had third place last year. Actually, oh, really? b- b- before we start, can I say one thing really quick? Last year, I had Vicious at number one because I really felt like he came into his own. Yeah. I really kind of wish I saved him for this year mm-hmm. because I feel like this year he really, like, Vicious is vicious now. You know what for I mean? Sure, yeah. Like, he has his own personality. But oh, yeah. I gave him number one last year, so he's not on my list this year. Okay. So I just wanted to mention that right there. So, yeah, I okay. too did three different people compared to last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so many good yeah, ones. So. Yeah. I had a rip as number three last year. So Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I loved Rip's uh, work this year. I thought he was great. Tekken 7 is a great game, and he's clearly super hype about it, which is like not irrelevant in being a good mm-hmm, commentator. Mm-hmm, That's super mm-hmm. important, actually. Uh, and you can tell how much that does matter to him. He's done a really good job at making catchphrases happen without killing them, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I think is way easy to do and it's part of why I don't really do comics you know but he's he's done a great job at like picking some stuff and like making it count and that he doesn't overuse it is great so uh, every time I use my catchphrase am, is it going to kill <laughs> <laughs> at least with things like that and with final final round at least that stuff is like inherently limited right, right. you can't do that constantly but Which you is get good. It, though, am I going to kill my? Is it going to kill? Oh, That's what I was asking. I didn't get is it. it going to kill? Now I get is it. Is it going to get killed? Gotcha. Ah, yeah, <laughs> well, you got to give yourself support. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give That's myself important. props for that one. So there That's you go. That's important. Okay. Uh, he's okay. also done a great job uh, on the SFL as Dude, he an was interviewer. So good. He loves so his good. interviewing. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that that hosting role, especially because like I did some of the hosting role and I interviewed people at Capcom Cup for yeah. the uh, Street Fighter League. And it's hard, man. Like, one of the questions I asked, I completely blew. Did you? Yeah, I blew the question, and I hated it. I was so mad at myself, and the way Rip did it is just so, like, he's so effortless. Yes. He's so smooth with it, so. Yes. I, you know, really uh, strong appreciation That's the thing that. about seeming effortless, is that it's really hard. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, what do you got? A little bit. So, if you... So what I think it's, uh, if you want to raise the level of commentary, you have to have it lowered, right? Wow. Logan, Sama, and F-word, lowered, get it? Lowered? <laughs> oh my God. See, there you go. How long have you been working on this? Just just for like, like I mean, when I, when I wanted to give it to him, it just came up that way. Nice I don't know. Nice so work. there you go. So, But I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long time. I've never oh, yeah. had them on here. And they've been traveling to a bunch of different events this year. Uh, they've had a chance to go to a lot more events. Uh, Tenno has been using them for a lot more stuff. And, you know, I, I like commentating with them. I see them all the time. And, you know, I just really feel like they deserve a lot of credit for a yeah. lot of the work that they've been doing. So, uh, again, it seems weird that in the past, like, few years, I've never put them in. Well, we didn't have commentator for Last a long year was time. the first. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's good to get them in there as sure. well because of the great work that they've done. So there you go. Or maybe so. we've done it for two years before this. But anyway, yeah, yeah for yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. we did not do it. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the ninth season of Ultra Gen TV. I know, it's so weird, dude. It's so crazy. And pretty incredible. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. <laughs> okay, so, so my... So, yeah, they don't have a team name, so we got, like, Tasty They don't, I guess. So that's why I was, like, trying to think. Like, I wanted to name them by their team name, and I was like, what was it? And so the word lowered came, so I was like... Oh, that sounds I like funny. It. I, like I was it. like, okay, so makes if fun you of want it. to I appreciate that. raise the quality. And and also shout outs to them, by the way, for always making sure that a US player wins Capcom Cup. I'll always there you give go. them I'll always give them that. There you I'll go. Always give them that, so. 
more U.S. players have made Capcom Cup Grand Finals than Japanese players. <laughs> Take that, everybody. <laughs> All right. All right. My second place is Seijan. Seijan? Which is why I didn't give him the nod in the, uh, the content creator category. Because okay, he's definitely okay, deserving. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, no, I, I saved it for this one. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I thought he did a great job this year. I thought mm-hmm. it, it was it was really good. Uh, he is one of the best, like, sort of jack-of-all-trades type of commentators, which is a really mm-hmm. important role. Uh, you know, you have people who would much prefer to do one thing or the other, whether it's, you know, you're the informational one or if you're the hype one or whatever it is. And then finding people who can do all that stuff well is pretty rare. There's only a few. Right. And he did a great job at that all year. So yeah. shout-out to Steven. He's extremely strong. Okay, okay. Uh, my number... By, by the way, also having... Uh, a big impact on like the next generation of commentators so like I feel like we yeah. had we, like we uh-huh. had a big impact right on that you're talking about Jeremy like uh-huh. Steven right uh, but now there's commentators coming up who <laughs> I've heard in other languages have the nasally affect that Steven does in his Dude, normal speech there's a lot of commentators that sound like Sage. yes yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about uh-huh, like they absolutely. have copied parts of his thing yeah, that yeah, he yeah, only yeah. does because he broke his nose once <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Oh my god, I did uh, not know. Yeah, okay. he broke. I think it was wrestling. He broke his nose, so he has this like. Nasal- they should oh, all break their noses. There. It there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's 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 very it's very funny to to hear that and to like know that like the sort of generations of commentary god, are keeping so it going weird. on. It's like so I mean, cool. like Seglia has his voice because he drank too much lemonade. Like there's always like these weird stories. That's about what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, okay. Now, uh, my second place person, I actually gave FGC member of the year before we had a commentary thing, but uh, this one's kind of more of a personal pick for me uh, because he actually didn't get to commentate that much this Mm. year, but it's someone that I have always felt like is one of the best commentators right now. Okay. Absolutely. And that's Katana Prime. Mm -hmm. So Katana Prime, I know you gave commentator, I think, last year. But this year, I know, was particularly rough for him. It was a very, very tough year for him. For many reasons. Absolutely For absolutely many reasons. And we did not get to hear a lot of Katana Prime commentary. But I personally do think he is my favorite commentator. Like, the way that he weaves, he has that flower of speech that I think only Seth Killian has in terms of the level of commentators that we have. You got a lot of people who are hype. You got a lot of people who are, he's the one that kind of has that speech pattern that's very poetic. And the way he describes things just comes out flowing. and And it doesn't sound like he's trying it's not like when i do puns like when you hear puns it's like you know that my brain probably had to do some processing to do something like stuff comes out of katana prime and it's just it's so natural and it flows so well and like i said i just want him to know i mean i don't know if he'll get a chance to see this or anything but i just want to know that we love him and i i really do hope that we see him get to do a lot of great things this coming up here he got to do the soul caliber invitationals he was at evo as well and everything and you know i i think he's one of the best and you know i hope he sticks with it i hope things i hope 2020 i hope this new decade proves for the rise of katana prime here because he absolutely deserves it and i think he's wonderful so yeah so there you go that's very nice yeah (laughs) so there you go that's my number two my number one uh-huh. is Tasty Steve. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Tasty Steve has been, you know, one of the best commentators for many years. Mm-hmm. It's not new. But I felt like this year was, like, particularly great for Steve. Yeah. He He's such a unique guy. Um, I've said this many times, but I feel like he's the only one of the people who do commentary who is just born to be an entertainer. Like, he would be entertaining regardless of what the circumstances are. He would, mm-hmm. he would figure out a way to do that. Um, it's, it's, that's just him, 
it's his personality. Like it's there's no there's no extra affect. He didn't have to learn how to be interesting. He didn't have to learn how to be entertaining. He's just this little ball of energy <laughs> that is constantly super engaged and like I said this year that's been the case but this year I felt it was just particularly good for Steve I mean when we were doing the Pocky KO thing uh, at Capcom Cup but even before that before it came back on stream we were asked to go and entertain the audience during the break and the way that Steve did that yeah. Like if they just sent me out there, like I tr- I had to do it the one time I swept the floor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. which again I did on purpose, no, right? You know, but like I was trying to engage the audience and it was it's hard because it's you're up there you're by yourself and but when when I was with Steve before the Pocky KO stuff happened and he was just coming out and just like here take this Pocky do that like it's so, what, so, so natural you, to him. You did an act where you were sweeping the stage. What was Steve's thing that he did? He just walked out and just started talking That's to people. What, exactly my and, point. And I asked <laughs> exactly. and I asked Steve. I was like, "How do you do this?" And yeah. he was like, "I just come out and talk to people." Exactly right. I just yeah. say what comes to my mind. Well, this, and this is what I mean, right? Like, like it's amazing. If I were you, I would have had to think of something in advance too. I don't right, know. Yeah, yeah, sweeping uh, people. Uh, it was funny, yeah, but like I would have uh, done something probably different. But Steve is just like, let's do it. And he yeah. is just himself. And that's all he needs to be in those situations. Yeah, it's really great. He, he's ridiculous. And I will say, uh, he's not my number one. Okay. Although he was originally my number one. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, I didn't put him there because, honestly, I wanted to take a chance. And uh, this is, of course, uh, cheating here. Whoa. Uh, again, uh, uh, I, 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 all year long. Every single event we go to, right, you just see Mark, Rip, and Tasty doing Tekken commentary at, like, every freaking event. Okay, what do you every got? Every freaking event. What, what's the and name? Like, honestly, I, I just put the entire Tekken commentary crew because I feel like... I was like, hoping you'd have, like, a Mark, man, Tasty... Oh, no, 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 I didn't. Combination I didn't. <laughs> name. All right, fine. Anyway, it's a good thing. I, I, look, they have been putting in so much work. Yeah. And, like, I, I remember it was, like, at CEO, those three were the only ones commentating. And I just saw them rotating the entire Friday, the entire Saturday, and the entire Sunday. And I'm just like, that is crazy. But then also, MYK mm-hmm. has been stepping up. SPAG has been stepping yeah, up. Rick's Rick's does doing, doing really well. Will Majin Obama has been doing a lot of great work for them. And again, part and parcel of the whole just Tekken being amazing, uh, I think really goes to a lot of credit to these guys here. And, you know, Tasty Steve... Clearly, you know, no offense to any of the other guys, I Uh-oh. think is the main part of that, is the main spark of that, because he is just who he is, and yeah. I really wanted to, he was my number one for a very long time okay. on my list, right, but I really wanted to also acknowledge the other guys on Tekken, because I feel like because of the way Steve does the commentary, he's affected what Mark Mann and Rip and what MYK and Rixta, how oh, yeah. they kind of all do. Because like Tekken is just a ball of energy when you hear people commentate that game. And it's, it's amazing stuff. Uh, I said two years ago that I really wanted to see if I could get into Tekken commentary. I'm not there yet because I just don't understand the game well enough. Yeah. I, it's still not a goal that I'm putting away i would still love to do it one of these days but these guys raise the standard so high that it's like every time i watch them i'm just like i can't do this like there's no way i can do this but i'm gonna keep trying i'm gonna keep trying and but this is the standard that i have to go to you know what i mean and these guys are ridiculous and they're amazing so shout outs to all of them shout outs to all of those guys i felt for a couple of years several years ago that tekken Uh, had the weakest commentary i did too yeah i felt Uh that way for a couple of years 
but that hasn't been true for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this year, I thought it was the best of, yes. all, of all the individual games slash like communities. Tekken mm-hmm. did the best mm-hmm. job, I thought, on commentary. At least in English, that's all yeah. I got for so, it. So, my uh, only so I did. I did cheat. This is a reward for a lot of people, but yeah. you know, with a little emphasis on Tasty Steve. So I hear just, you, dude. Again, Tasty Steve is he, he's another one of those guys that we're lucky to have him in our community. Yeah, because he would have been this guy in any scene. He would have. And he happened to be that here for us, so that's the thing. Shouts to Steve. I mean, look, by the way, I, I don't want to make it appear as though Steve was, like, just fated to do this. He took a risk in moving out to California. Yeah, Which was did. huge yeah, 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 in doing uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. He's, like, made connections. It's not like Steve is not playing a part in this. Like, he's just, like, mm-hmm. accidentally just walking <laughs> around. Like, happy to, yeah, yeah, uh, not the case uh, at all. Right, he's, right, he's putting right, a lot of work, yeah. uh, but uh, it's all it's all paying off. Yeah, nice work. yeah. Dude, uh, and again, Mark, man, I, I mean, he says in the chat that he feels like he, he just kind of got burnout from traveling and, and stuff like this and doing content Mark did, everywhere. of course. How could yeah, he not? Yeah, I mean, that's what I <laughs> how mean. Could he that's not? why I had to give the award to the whole scene because how much work do these guys have to do event oh, yeah. after? I saw them at every event, and gosh, like, I mean, we travel to a lot of events, and I, I yeah. feel it a lot of the times, too. There's some events that you go to, and you're just like, Okay, <laughs> and it's rough. It's rough. So yeah, it can be work, go. man. Yeah, there you go. Entire Tekken crew. Okay. Yeah, so well, shout outs to commentary. Cheap. People are doing good work cheap. out there. Yeah, exactly. And the commentary crew out there is is probably the has the strongest depth of all time at this point. Oh so, yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, 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 it's just getting, been getting better yeah. across most games. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. Well, that was. A, a lot of great stuff that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But let's quit it and move on to the worst. Are we are we going straight to the worst of the year? Well, I don't want to finish with the worst. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. So okay. let's go to the worst thing of the year. Okay, so I'm starting this one, right? Yes, you are. I am starting this one. Worst of the year. Uh, well, and this is anything, any topic, whatever anything, happened. It's anything. We're not trying to spend too many categories on what the worst was. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah. rolling it all into one thing. Exactly, exactly. This is just, these are the the downsides. We wish this stuff wasn't happening in our scene kind of Correct. stuff like that, right? And so for me, the number three thing, uh, worst of the year, is leaks. Leaks, right? oh boy. Can we please stop it? Like, can... I, I understand people want to data mine and feel like they're the first to know and they like to spoil everything, but like, you know, having the, the Honda, Lucia, and Poison reveal ruined at Evo, having Ganryu and Fakuram uh, ruined at uh, Tekken World Tour, I'm just, I'm tired of it. I want to be excited. I want to be hyped. By these things, like when you watch, I mean, like the first time we saw the geese trailer, do you remember how crazy the audience went, right? Can we just have that again? Like, okay, I get it. There's people out there who like to spoil shit because they just like the grief, right? There's just the griefers out there. I mean, there's a feeling of being the first. There's yeah, attention on uh-huh. you, right? But then the problem with it is, is people, it for when they else. get spoiled, they want to grief. In revenge. Oh yeah. So they jump into the Tekken World Tour chat and they spam every all the leaks and everything. Can we just get over that? Can we just be mature adults about everything? The answer is no. The Never gonna no. happen. Yep. Never gonna happen. But it would definitely be nice if like Steam didn't leak stuff God. and if Microsoft didn't leak stuff, right? In some of these cases, it actually was not the fault of yeah, the developer uh-huh, or publisher uh-huh. itself. It was the like yeah, distribution uh-huh. or whatever Those two particular leaks that I mentioned were actually not the fault. It yeah. wasn't Capcom uploading the patch 
during Capcom Cup, right? I yes. mean, that time it legit Once, wasn't one there. One time it was. Wasn't there, legit wasn't their fault, and I was really surprised yeah. that even Gil and Seth were able to not be leaked. You know well, what I mean? Like, they were well, yeah, they were data miners. Strong out there. rumors. Yeah, out it's there. true. It's true. It's true. But, I mean, we're not going to stop it, but I hate it. I, I 100% agree. hate it. So there you go. That's my number three worst thing. Totally. It sucks. Okay. All right. So yours was leakers. Um, mine is Capcom Cup. Yes. Okay. Capcom Cup was the really bad tournament. <laughs> uh, we spent like <laughs> I said, a I said, literal I, I, hour. About I knew it. we were gonna spend. I knew we were gonna talk about it later on because I knew. <laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about it for an yeah, entire yeah. hour uh-huh, on the Tuesday uh-huh. show. A couple of well, three weeks ago, whenever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Our wrap up show of the Capcom Cup. Yeah, it was bad in many many different ways, um, including. It's a lot to remember here. Uh, no LCQ stream, the bad venue, losers matches were played off stream, the setups might have been laggy, and so on. Yeah, all the all like the people, the person running the screens did not know the players, and so they would get the names and all that stuff wrong, etc., etc. Yeah, <sighs> it was pretty bad. Yeah, you know, and it was surprising because it's it hasn't been that bad before. Yeah, well, not just Capcom Cup. It was like. Bad for anything, like yeah. no tournament ran I mean, like that. It I mean, was really I, I, gnarly. Spoiler: I don't have it listed on mine because I feel bad because I feel partly responsible because I was kind of part of the, well, the that's, team that tried it. But I, I there was nothing I could do. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing on. I don't think I could have. Nobody done, blames but you. Still, I was there, and like even when the matches were getting played off stream. I ran. I was running around. I was like, "Can we get a projectile? Projector and at least projectile. <laughs> can I get a projector and at least show it on something so everyone can watch it easily? Can we pipe it to the TVs that are in the venue so people can watch it? You know, can we do this?" Yeah. And I messaged you right away. I was like, "Please come and stream this stuff on the phone." You couldn't even watch Kichipamo Tokido because of that. You know, which is obviously a match you had a huge investment in. like one in. of the matches I most wanted to watch. Yeah, yeah and so you know, uh, uh, it was tough. And again, like I said, it, it's tough because I worked with a lot of those guys and I know that they were trying their best and I know that they were doing their best effort. But again, this is why when we talked about 10-0, why we're so lucky to have some endemic crew in here that just knows the scene very well, right? Because they had the lag problem at NARF and then the lag problem persisted there, even though they did everything that they thought was the problem to fix it, right? And so I don't know what the problem was in the end, but it's just like, it's frustrating because, you know, we've never had that problem when Tenno was doing stuff, you know, before. And it's, 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 it's frustrating to say the least. Well, the so, matches yeah. were great, the players did great, and the commentators did great. I don't think anybody blames anybody on that, mm-hmm. on either of those sides of things. So. Yeah, yeah. It's not your fault. Yeah. I mean, look, the Pocky stuff... I'm I'm gonna say this though I I was kind of in charge of doing like the Pocky intermission and everything and I felt like I made it as entertaining as as I could right like I in fact I thought it actually turned out better than in my than my you know because of the way that it the, the Kenny Omega had that timer run out That's thing right. on him I thought that was amazing but you know for that kind of stuff you know that's going to be the reality moving forward that's the reality moving forward we're gonna have stuff like that right. People talk about, why can't we get more prize money? Why can't FGC do this? Why can't FGC pay more people? Because we need sponsors, right? Yeah. And with sponsors, that kind of stuff comes. Now, can we do a, can we do more integrated stuff? Like, 
can you imagine like Roundtable? Like how are we not gotten sponsored by Roundtable with Eris, right? And and like the analyst desk, the Roundtable analyst desk. How beautiful is that, right? With with Yipes talking about Pringles all day. Let's turn Pringles into a good thing. Like, yo, he's so Pringles as a good thing. And like, That's a good thing. You know, like, and have Pringles <laughs> come in here, right? How is Popeye's Chicken not a sponsor of the FGC yet, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know. We don't need to go after PC sponsors. We, need, we There's plenty of sponsors. We have the most welcome, ethnic, diverse male audience from the from age 16 to like age 50 something like we are the perfect demographic for like every company that that ever exists out there we don't need to go for you know gigantic gamer chairs that most of the people are not gonna buy you know what i mean saying the gamer chairs suck i don't say they're suck it's just that they're expensive and fgc is poverty you know but like popeye's chicken pepsi Come on, like, I mean, Pepsi, are you serious right now? I mean, come on, like, that would be a perfect sponsor. And I just, that's how I feel about it. So that's just what I have to say about the Pocky stuff. It's it's a reality. It's going to be something that we're going to have to expect, unfortunately. So Holy yeah. Totinos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, they didn't like that. What's that? They didn't like that. They didn't like it? Really? Yeah. That's surprising. It was a perfect it integration. I'm not sure. It's a perfect integration. Well, right. I will say Pocky really did enjoy the Pocky KO stuff. That's that they good. Did, and they thought it went really well. So there you go. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're moving on. Yeah. All right. Let's get the bad stuff. All right. More bad stuff. More bad stuff. All right. My stuff. number two is. Wait. It's my turn for number oh. two, isn't it? Because I did leaks first. Mm. Yes, I did leaks first. So okay. I'm doing the next thing here. So, oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you did. Uh. So, although I said I didn't put Capcom Cup in there, okay. uh, it's it's kind of part and parcel of this one. Mm. And, you know, outside, and I'm not talking about the Tekken World Tour, because clearly they killed it this year with the dojo events and stuff like that. But, overall, World Tours need to step up, mm. right? We've had the SNK debacle with the Ronin Rumble and all that stuff like that, right. you know? And, like, hey, we have all these events. They're all in China, they're invitational. You can't even enter, you know. And then I heard, like, the Arc Reva World Tour, while it was run, you know, while it was a good event, there was some, you know, pr- production problems yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. You know, obviously, you know, uh, I, I, I'm still sad because, like, the, S, the, the Soul Calibur Invitational, like, I don't even... I didn't even know it was happening that weekend. I just lost track of it and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Granted, that wasn't a world tour, no. and they're going to do a world tour this year, but I just feel like a lot of these groups need to step up, including Capcom. Like, th- what happened with Capcom Cup is a shame. It shouldn't have happened that way. And so I'm really looking forward to 2020 having a lot of people really try to up their games. And, you know, for, like, Arc Revo and stuff like that, I know people who are, like, at least on the U.S. side, working on Arc Revo, they want this stuff to be amazing. You know what I mean? It's not that they don't care. It's obviously there's red tape, budget, all these things that kind of get in the way. But, you know, I'm hoping that this year a lot of people actually get the opportunity to kind of do what they really want to do and have a chance to make things shine. I mean, Capcom Cup... Is interesting they're doing the two seasons but just being in france for yeah. the finals i think is really cool yeah agree like i think that's really cool already this this coming up year but they've got a lot to do to kind of make up for how it ended last year yeah. and um you know i just feel like the world tours are important they're so important, yeah, they're important for the yeah. scene they're so important for the scene and so you know i hope they really do step up a lot so there you go 
The world's yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> All right. Um, my number two is uh, people who are overly invested in and defend in- infiltration. Okay, okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a group of people out there that I feel defend him in a way where you can tell that it's them that they're defending. It's themselves that they're Ooh, defending. Ow. Um, okay. <laughs> and that really bothers me. And now we, we talked about infiltration a lot uh, mm-hmm, in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, I guess, going to be doing Street Fighter again this coming year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely okay with the idea of somebody having uh, punishment and doing it and then coming back and we give them another chance. Mm-hmm, like, that, mm-hmm. that's okay with me. Um, but the, it's, it's the people who defend him specifically because of gross stuff that I don't like at all. Yeah. That to, mm-hmm, to me that's mm-hmm. that's the, the biggest problem in the situation is that. Um, I feel that you know obviously we all liked watching infiltration but once the allegations came out of him there was this like defense crew that came I don't know any of them personally but I've seen plenty right, of it online. Right, right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that came out that defends him like specifically for the gross stuff mm-hmm. that I feel like you just shouldn't you just shouldn't defend him for that. You shouldn't defend it, him. It, it almost like it made it so that they cheered him on more. That's what I'm talking about. Right? Exactly what yeah. I mean. Uh-huh. Exactly what I mean. So that that's a big problem. Um, there's like a subset of people that just do that in general, and I'm sorry I mean, that we have that in the FGC too, but we do, and it's a big bummer. So, I mean, one of the things that I don't even know if a lot of people are aware of that this happened at one point in time, uh, after Evo, I, I made the comments on the show that I was... Like, I'm not sure how I would have felt commentating if I was doing Sam Show Top 8 at Evo. And because of that statement, I don't even know if people know, but mm. like I got massively attacked. Yeah. Right? People were trying to cancel me. They were trying to dig through my Twitter file. No, honestly, they were. They I were, just think they, the word's silly. It's, yeah. it's a silly word, but they were trying to find the worst tweets of mine. Yeah. In oh, the, for sure. Like all these things like that. Yeah, that's happened to me too. Yeah. And they, they yeah. have like tried to find every way to take me out, which was actually kind of funny because they couldn't really find that many terrible <laughs> things yeah. me on Twitter. Yeah. Which actually kind of validated me in it's a hilarious. lot of ways, right? So I was actually kind of a, but you know, like it's 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 crazy how much they went after you for stating something that makes total sense. If someone is convicted of a crime like that, yeah, you're not happy with it. Not My belief is that he was convicted of the crime because well, that's no a belief, fact, right? I mean, that's, that's a fact. So <laughs> I'm going to be uncomfortable with it. But yeah. the fact that I stated something that I feel like should be a natural human reaction, they all came after me yeah, and they wanted to take me down. You know what I mean? And it's weird that it's not that great. way. Yeah, it is a very, a very weird kind of situation. And, and, it bought, and the problem with it is, is I'm the kind of person that, you know, it affects me. And so when that was happening, it was a really mm. hard p- period of my year. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is just what people do. And the worst thing about it is when you are on the opposite side of it, people don't necessarily come and like try to help you as much. You know what I mean? It's well, just, that's it's hard for other people to see that in many cases, right? I mean, as you mentioned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's something that people just don't often see. Right, right. Uh, I mean, that's happened to me as well. It's probably going to happen to me, like, tomorrow now. And, and see, that's the but interesting that's thing. That's how it is, right? There's a lot of people talk in the anyway. chat that, like, it's was, important. was it proven that he did it? I mean, he was convicted, right? I mean, a court fined him for it. Let's, 
move past this. Right. This has uh-huh. been established for whenever it was. Right, exactly. A year and a half ago. But I don't know. This is the narrative that we were able that was able to be established by a lot of this is that there's still everybody out there going, Oh, did he prove it? And there, you know, people have written stuff about it. Obviously King Hippo was one of the biggest ones that's yeah. been kind of doing it. And people have argued with him, they're like, Did you read this? And then people will read it and they'll be like, Huh <laughs> Uh, okay. You know, like, yeah. like it's I didn't totally. realize this, you know, like, yeah. the, the, and so it's just one of those things. It's, okay, I mean, we've talked about the, the, the incident with infiltration himself is something we've talked about many times. That's not, I don't want to, like, redouble efforts against yeah, yeah, that yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm more immediately concerned with the people who see that and identify with it in some way and now need to defend it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yeah. I don't want those people around. Okay. All right. All right. <sighs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, one of the good things from this year uh, was obviously M- Lucia for me. Okay. Really just kind of uh, helping me refine my joy for Street Fighter Five, playing it. Like, I've always liked watching it and stuff like that, but playing it's always been hard for me because Cammy is really, really boring. Yeah. Cammy is really, really, really boring. Uh, one of the downsides of... I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> ...getting back into Street Fighter Five is that uh, the absolute worst thing is the Street Fighter Five netcode. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Oh man, what a roundabout entrance! I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, one of the, th- I mean, I want <laughs> to play this game yeah. so much, yeah. and I want to do my learn to fight content. Yeah, but I'm playing. I hear you. And I, I like I described to people, I'm an emotional player, right? It's hard mm. for me to control my emotions and approach it logically, sure. right? It's not that when I see it, I get mad. It's just that every jolt, because I'm a bad at reactions, and so, like I've already said, I can't anti-air because when people jump at me, I get surprised and I block, sure. right? So I have to anticipate the jump to, to uppercut it, right? Well, every time it teleports is a new burst of <gasps> to me. I get it. Right? And so it's like, <gasps> the whole time, it's so uncomfortable. It sucks. It's so uncomfortable. And the worst thing about it is that's what everybody uses as an argument for rollback net code being bad. And no, that's just badly implemented no, rollback net code. It's badly implemented rollback net code. It's not rollback now. net code's fault. You know what I mean? They can do it right. And it's it's frustrating that it's still like that at this point in time. Yeah. And it's it makes it really hard for me to play the game online. I mean, when I used to play Cami, I didn't even feel like it was this bad. Like, I feel like it's almost kind of worse now than it was before. I don't know if that's true. But, like, it's, the experience has been harder for me recently. And, like I said, I want to play this a lot yeah. online. I want to stream myself playing Street Fighter Five online a lot. But every time I do, I just look at it and I'm just like, eh, playing something else instead. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard. It. It's hard. So It sucks. I so, hope yeah. that they fix it, but they probably won't. Yeah, so that's my number one, unfortunately. So. All right. Okay. Well... I appreciate you not going for the super serious stuff. That's good. At least one uh, of us didn't. But, um, <laughs> my worst is the sexual assaults and roofing and. Oh God! Uh, how did I forget about that? Well, I just, I don't know. Um, Dude, that is totally something I would have put on this list. Well, I totally would have put that on that list, and I just, I think I blocked it out of my head. 
I really think I did. Well, I understand if you oh, did. I mean, God. it was pretty bad. So that was the worst. That was definitely the worst thing of the year. Um, we've talked about that a lot. Oh, God. I mean, it's more immediate news, but uh, of course some prominent FGC members were basically caught and admitted to doing that, mm-hmm, uh, guilty mm-hmm. and Chris Bond. And that's really terrible. Um, to the assault, not to the roofing. Uh, right, and then, right, and then right. additionally, there was roofing of people at a couple of events, right. uh, most especially at Evo. Oh. And that is awful. Uh, we need to have safer after parties. We need to have... Uh, uh, what I'm sorry, I'm watching Jasmine God, stop it. harass her brother. Um, <laughs> Stupid cats. <laughs> yeah, what timing. And, uh, you know, look, this, is, this, is, this is something that we need to work on a lot. It's something that we have oh, needed God. to work on a lot for a long time. And we still need to do that. It's not over. Uh, obviously, I feel terrible about those because a lot of the people that it happened to were friends of mine. Yeah. Very, very good friends of mine, too. And so, like, I, I know one of the, 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 the sexual assault victims at the club is, is a really good friend of mine. And, you know, uh, obviously, one of the people in the chat here was a victim of getting roofied by drinking their girlfriend's drink, you know, right. and stuff like that. And so, oh, God, how... That's alright, man. You can't think of everything. It's, like, it's all good. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about it, but it was definitely a terrible, yeah. terrible set of I mean, news. I, I think it's just I was trying to focus. It's I was my brain was trying to focus so much on just like the the game stuff. I get it. I'm glad that I one for, of us did I that. Forgot, but it's, I forgot about a lot of these other stuff. So. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, that that is 100 percent my bad. That's the worst. I, thing. I, I do feel like that that is a huge miss on my part. Okay. Uh, I definitely shouldn't. Uh, I should definitely mention it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel bad. So, okay, okay, but that is an awful thing. That, yeah, it was, awful that was thing. the worst. That yeah, was the that worst. Was clearly the worst thing. Clearly the worst thing. So, there you go. Okay, okay. All right, well, there you go. So, that's the worst things of the year, and that's going to be the end of talking about terrible things. So, mm-hmm. let's move on to talking about the best player of the year. The best player of the year. Okay. Interesting. So you went first last time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which means that now it is my turn, and I will bring up my notes here and tell you that my third place contender, my mm-hmm, pick, mm-hmm. is Punk. Punk? Okay. Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punk. Makes sense. Yeah, I feel like he's hard not to pick, just as a body of work throughout the year, uh, second at the two biggest things of the year, right? He, but that is to say, Evo and Capcom Cup. He won eight majors. He got to grand finals in 14 majors. He went to 22 events, and he only didn't make top eight three times. <laughs> 19 out of 22 times he made top eight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, that body of work is, is hard to beat. Hard to beat. So, as far as, like, most individually dominant players of the year, I think he's right up there in the, in the top category. Yeah, I know for the recap, I talked about it. That a lot of me is very sad that Punk didn't win Capcom Cup. Because I, I really want him to take one of those big events. Because he's too good. He's too important to not have taken one of those events yet. So hopefully, you know, he'll win one soon. Um, uh, I, I, for number three, I mean, spoilers, I don't have Punk in my list right mm-hmm. here. Because, you know, there's just a lot of people that I just thought were... There's a lot of great, great picks a lot of great here. players. Yeah, and, I've already seen people mention some names in the chat that I'm not going to say either. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of really great uh, ones this uh, year, for sure. Uh, for number three, just because I felt like he created this super interesting story for the whole entire year, was Samurai. 
Right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I really just felt like what he did at the Street Fighter League was just such an interesting thing. You know what I mean? Hmm. To be this unsponsored player, to be so dominant and so powerful for this whole entire for that whole entire thing. In fact, I feel like he made that whole event. Like Samurai was one of the main reasons why the Street Fighter League was so entertaining, was because yeah. it, he OCV'd every single team. And in the end, you know, even was able to defeat Punk after Punk, like, talked massive trash to him and everything like that. And, you know, this is, again, like I said, my number three picks a lot of the times are very personal for yeah, me. Yeah, okay. And so Samurai, I just, I've always been a fan of his. I've hey. always thought he's a great player. And so I was just really happy for what he was able to accomplish on Street Fighter League. Obviously, his results in the tournaments probably weren't strong, as strong as he would like it to be. But uh, I just feel like being able to drive a narrative that strongly and everyone being so terrified of him, uh, you know, in he was he was the topic of conversation for that entire mm-hmm. for that entire uh, year. No so, doubt. So there you go. So that's okay. here. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's your number two? All right, my number two won Evo in Mortal Kombat 11. Got second at Evo in Dragon Ball Fighters. Never finished worse than second place in MK11 during the entire year. Uh, never finished worse than fifth place in Dragon Ball Fighters for the entire year. Still won Skullgirls majors, by the way. Right. Uh, uh, that's uh-huh. Sonic Fox. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What can you say about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. There I know. it is, though. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, it probably seems weird that, you know, even last year I didn't give him any award because first place went to Simple, remember, last year? <laughs> nice. But, you know, um, Sonic Fox, obviously one of the best, one of the absolute best. But uh, for my number two, I, 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 I had to acknowledge uh, what IDOM did. IDOM, okay, I, wow. I put IDOM as number two because... Uh, his year started at Combo Breaker. <laughs> like, he never not got top eight in any tournament that he went to. I mean, he basically handicapped himself by going to, like, four events or something the whole entire year and uh, just basically didn't even, uh, like I said, start gaining points until halfway through the season was yeah. over, right? Then he got top eight at Evo, and we are like, oh, my God. And we all, everybody knew how good this guy was. Yeah. And everybody was like, man, if he just traveled, you know, he would do some damage. Yeah. But, like, were people expecting this kind of damage? Zero people picked him to win Capcom Cup. I'm right. confident and, and And exactly. And the thing about it is he's using a character that if he wasn't using, he, that character would be in that level of trash. You know what I mean? People were so down on Laura when she lost her medium kick and all this other stuff. They're like, this character... And then you see Idom is just cooking everybody, right? And then he goes down 0-2 in grand finals, and it was like, Sorry. he is done. But then he comes back and somehow wins it, and... Uh, and it was awesome for me to see, even when he won, to see him jump out of the chair. And all of a sudden, we saw the Idom emotion. And it was just such a cool thing to see, and... And I'm so happy for him because he's literally a kid who came out. He, he didn't travel much because he wanted to focus on school. Yeah. You know, he wanted to do all this stuff. Doesn't like traveling. His, his, I just feel like his head is in such a good place. Oh, and yeah. He was doing it because he loves the game. He had that ridiculous win streak. I watched him get 100 wins in a row dude, that on CFN. Ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Especially, you know, on ranked where you can run into bad matchups and you can easily get robbed. He and definitely he, ran into bad matchups and, and he ran into very strong players and he. 
week. Right, and he just got a 100-game win streak. Like, that guy, what a year. What a year for this guy, and I'm so happy for him. He can roll around in giant piles of socks now, and he is just... What a, what a story. I'm so happy for him. I mean, there was somebody at Capcom Cup who was so happy for him, started crying and everything. And like, that's the kind of was story. It no, no, it was someone else. It was someone else. <laughs> You're talking about Defeat Lee. Yeah, because when, when I don't want yeah, Defeat Lee, he jumped onto the stage. Yeah, he was, was on the stage. Bouncing. He was like, yeah! Just bouncing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was great. So I, I was really happy was for Idom. I was really happy for Idom. So. so that's my number two. Okay. Idom it is. Okay, and I'm just going to type in my number one. Yes, of course, we've because, all picked Arslan Ash as the most uh, important player of the year. One. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to MK Leo, who I guess none of us picked, but uh, we somebody probably should have, because he had an amazing year in right. Smash Ultimate, and we just yeah. didn't do it. But uh, uh, Shout-outs to him. We should probably also give a shout-out to Wawa as well, mm. uh, who did really well in a bunch of DBFZ tournaments as well, so definitely want to give him a shout-out. But there you go. Anyway, Arslan Ash, uh, the most mm-hmm. important player of the year, again, as we've been mentioning. He made his scene Put land on the, on the world stage, right? Like, he taught us all that there are very, very strong players in Pakistan, the best players, it turns right. out. Right. And if you didn't read that article about him, I didn't even know about all the stories. Yeah. Of when him showing up to the Japan airport for Evo Japan, he was stuck there. He couldn't get out of there. He was there for almost 24 hours. He couldn't get money exchanged. Right. He wasn't eating. He was starving. Right. He was like almost begging for food kind of situation. You know what I mean? Because no one was there to be able to help him out in that kind of situation. Didn't he get DQ'd in the loser's bracket and he won the tournament from the Uh, loser's bracket? I don't remember now, but it was just like, it was crazy the kind of stuff that he had to go through at that tournament. And then he eventually went, made it there late, and won the tournament. After going through that experience, yep. you know, he wanted to put Pakistan on the map, and it's easier for him to get to Japan than it is to get to America. So he wanted to go to Evo Japan to show his stuff, and he won it, dude. He, he did won that tournament, which he is did. the most ridiculous thing. And dude. then Evo. Yeah, so someone did say he did get DQ'd oh, in the did. loser's oh, bracket. Dang, so right. he started in the loser side, basically, and he won. So he didn't lose to a single person in that tournament, dude. Dang. He did not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Oh, incredible. he did not get DQ'd, according oh. to Mark Mann. That's what I thought. Oh, he lost to somebody. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There okay. you go, there you go. And then, of course, uh, he did win Evo. He did. And, um, again, one of the reasons... need to do it. Yeah, one of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, highlight Stephanie was because of the, mm-hmm. the, the photo that she took, and that was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. What a, what a, what a moment. of him kneeling down and praying after winning, yeah. Kissing the floor, you know, and praying and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I just thought that was just so... Remarkable. So good. It was so good. Was. So, okay. So, okay. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. Absolutely. Just amazing. Yeah, very amazing, deserving. Most amazing. important player of the year. Yeah. Most important story, esports story of the year. Period. Yeah, I mean, the Arslan in Pakistan is mm-hmm. the most important competitive yeah, video yeah, gaming yeah. story of the year, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And thank you uh, to Mark Mann and everybody for clarifying that he did not get DQ'd into losers. Indeed. Bracket, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So it was Arslan Ash for both of us. Mm-hmm. And Arslan Ash. And now we go to the last true yearly award. 
Okay. Do we want to take a break before we do this? Or? Well, we said that we were going to get down to the past five, to the last five. Oh, we remember, still have five more after this, we right? We have to yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. of okay, the decade yeah, 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 yeah. as well. I forgot about the decade stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, All yes. right. So, fighting game of the year for fighting 2019. Game of the year. Now, this can be interpreted in multiple ways. Does it mean the best new game or the game that you enjoyed the most, or the game that you thought had the best showing. There's any number of ways to interpret it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm sure we will do so. You are slated to go first. And you can kind of see the theme, but what are you attacking, Jasmine? You can kind of see the theme that I'm going here where I'm trying to like spread the love a little bit more, okay? So my number three game right now is going to be Tekken 7. Okay. Okay, but I want to clarify here. I, I have all my past records here, Dang okay? notes. 2016, my fighting game of the year, number one was Tekken 7. Okay. 2017, my fighting game of the year was Tekken 7. Okay. Okay. And in 2018, my fighting game of the year was Tekken 7. Dang. Okay. I was going to give it again this year. And okay. I was just like, God, I, you know what? Why I, not? I got, Nate, I mean, it, it is. It, for me, it is the game of the year. Just say it then. It's fine. <laughs> but well, I just gonna... I feel like I want to, I just want to be variety I mean, here. it's up to you, but if I you really wanna, think it's the I, best, I then. Want, I want to add some variety okay. here. So. I just wanted to give it to something else. Okay. And so I put uh, Tekken 7 here as number three. Tekken uh, 7. Look, this game obviously has been killing it. I mean, it has been the biggest thing. You know, best storylines, best commentary, mm -hmm. best production, best tour, best everything, right? And that all is on top of the fact that it's a damn good game sure. as well. And, you know, their reveals are great. Harada does a great job with all the stuff. You sure. know, they do so... Uh, they. They just, they kill it. Like the Tekken community is killing it right now. The Tekken team, the developing team, uh, they just, I mean, obviously, uh, maybe one of the reasons why I put it down is people were mad about the $4 DLC or whatever and all Come that. On. Whatever, dude. But like, right. I, love the, I love the DLC. I love yeah. the punishment training stuff like that. I just, right. to me, uh, Tekken 7 is, is just. Year after year has been the best game, but I just kind of... I'm actually just writing it down as James's number one game. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. All right, all right. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right, so we now know what number James's number one is. <laughs> um, my number three is Smash Ultimate. Okay. Uh, this game blew every other game out of the water when it came to attendance. Yeah, uh-huh. Destroyed. Yes, yes. And it's going to destroy everybody at Evil Japan. Destroy. <laughs> Often two to three times as many entrants as every other game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this was in a context of other games getting like a thousand plus entrants in some mm -hmm. cases. Uh, it was just incredible how much that game got picked up. It wasn't a surprise, of course. The Smash community has been huge. And people went to Smash Ultimate from both the Smash 4 scenes and at least some from the Melee scene mm -hmm. as well. So it was going to like funnel into having even more players. Uh, and that is indeed what happened. So shoutouts to Smash on that side of thing, but even on top of that, even though it's a game I don't play, the the level of love and care for it that the developers have is is inspirational. I mean, it's amazing to just watch Sakurai talk about the characters that he's Terry playing in the Bogart. game. Terry Bogart, he talked yeah. about it for like half an hour. Exactly dude. right. Like again, I I'm not competing in this game or commentating, but I just uh -huh. and I, I like to watch it, but I'm not serious about it. Yeah. But I watched all of that of him talking about Terry because the love was just so palpable. <laughs> yeah, like he himself was great to watch in that. Uh -huh. And that's it's so cool to see games get made like that by people who care yeah. so much, so uh -huh. clearly. 
and did such a great job at importing all these guest characters in there. They're just right. fantastic versions of themselves. And, you know, maybe not everybody wanted Terry in there, but a lot of the times as a developer, you have to make the decisions to do what you want. Right. And not just listen to the people out there all the time because that doesn't always result in the best thing, right? No, what so. if he got tasked with making some bum character that he didn't right, care about, right. right? Instead, he made Terry a right. character he clearly loves and, and loves a lot SNK, of care into, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I thought that was yeah, so. Good. He shouldn't listen to anybody, but he should put Dirk the Daring and Kuni <laughs> in the game. So you know, do you think he knows what Dirk the Daring is? I don't I, know. That's I, a great maybe question. he knows about it, sort of just right, like you yeah, know, have yeah, heard yeah. about it before. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. was that in Japan? Do you think when he was? I don't that know. It's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know if uh, was there like no. A... It had to have been because it inspired them to turn Lupin the Third into one of those games. Oh, so they, okay. they Lupin the Third. They actually took the movie and spliced it up and oh, relooped really? it to the point where like the first scene where they're running and jumping over things, you had to hit up jump and you did the whole thing Is over. That so? To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I've was never a heard game. Of this. Wow. Uh, it was called Cliffhanger in America. They released <laughs> it in America called Cliffhanger. Okay. And it, it was the Japanese one, but they literally took that Lupin the Third movie that was wow. done by Miyazaki. <laughs> and uh, one of Miyazaki's first movies, and they turned it into a laserdisc game like that. <laughs> Never heard of it. That was, sounds awesome. And it, it shouldn't, and it doesn't really work too well uh-huh. because they, they they didn't animate it with that in mind, yeah. so it was very weird and stuff like that. Oh, so, that's cool. I gotta look that up. Yeah. So there Just you curious go. Now. Uh, okay. Anyway, so Smash Ultimate is mm-hmm. my third. What do you yeah. got? My number two. It's gonna be Samurai Showdown. Samurai Showdown. Samurai Showdown now, is my. Is this your number two or number three? <laughs> well, I guess number three. If okay. You, yeah, okay. Uh, look, I really enjoyed Samurai Showdown. Yeah. You, you know you know how much I've loved this For game. Sure. And uh, I feel like it brought back something to fighting games that most fighting games have been missing a lot recently, which is the complete, absolute, visceral emotion and just the raw, like... like there hasn't been a like I feel like a lot of fighting games are very much by number now mm. right so even as something as I love about Tekken right like I love the zoom ins I love the slow motion I love all that stuff when I sit there and I pick up Leroy and I look at his move and now that the frame data is on there yeah. it's even more clear to me what every move is for sure right I'm like and it's it, it has nothing to do it has very little it's just this is the frame data for this move mm-hmm. when I play MK11 very obvious to me what this string is designed for. This sure. one's the punish string. None of the hits are safe on block. So clearly this is the whiff punish one. It also has the, you know, Street sure. Fighter. Here is my frame trap button and stuff like that. And so when I play these games, I feel like I'm doing what the devs told me to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like the devs have already told me what these moves are for. Samurai Showdown, someone misses an uppercut, I hit him with the standing seat. It's the greatest feeling in the world. It is seriously the greatest feeling in the world when someone jumps at me and I Jubei counter him and I get 40% life for this super risky counter. It's the greatest feeling in the world. And the frame data is not important in this game because it's all about the deflect canceling. So you get the situations where I'm going to throw out this heavy and I'm ping. Look, I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. But I'm not going to do anything because you're scared of my deflect. You're not going to do anything. And then I totally get away with it. Like that stuff to me, like I, that has not been in a fighting game in a long time, I feel like. And it's, it's such a great return to that. I haven't played a fighting game where I've had that kind of emotional attachment and feeling with in a long time. And I, I love it. I cool. love it. And not only that, but the game is still also like, I think, 
you know, it's very straightforward. It's very simple. Obviously, it's not a very tech-heavy game, although people yeah. keep finding new tech in the game. But that also makes it great for people to come in and learn fighting games. My beginner dojos that I've done, Samurai Showdown is always one of the best ones because mm. I can teach them really well. Because, like, when I was trying to do it for Street Fighter, I'm like, well, you know, this character has this plus and this plus, and you have to understand this plus, and you have to do this. For Samurai Showdown, I'm like, look, what you got to do is you want to chase him to the core. You don't care about this thing. You need to get him nervous about this. And then it's such a great game to learn the emotion, the thought process, what you want to do in fighting games. And so uh, that's why I have that in cool. there. So I, I love the game. I love that's the game. That's awesome. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sam Schofer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just joking about the order. Do you really want to have it as Tekken first or as third? And Sam Show is sure, second. It's up yeah, to you. Sure, let's just do it that way. Because, so like I said, Tekken I just, third place. Yeah, Tekken okay. third place, third star. You know okay, what I sure. mean? So there you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second place is Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat. Wow, second place. Okay. Second place is Mortal Kombat 11. Wow, that is a surprise. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> uh, it's my favorite gameplay of the year. Mm-hmm, my favorite. Mm-hmm gameplay game of the year uh i love the footsies and the characters and the mm-hmm. movement and all the sort of i love the little mixes that they put in there uh i love false blocking i just think there's so many cool things the fact that they added a third variation i think opens it up a lot i like all the dlc i'm having a blast playing it and watching it uh i also think it's super cool that they have so much in there for people who aren't just about the competitive side right uh, yeah. the the one player content on that is awesome they they have raids. I mean, they have you know they have boss battles on the uh, on the towers where like you and two other people or three other people can get together and like raid against this boss mm-hmm. in fighting games, which is super rare. Uh, they had just so much content that's in there. The crypt is great. I've spent way too much time unlocking literally every <laughs> box in that in that thing. Did you really? Did, oh yes. my god! Okay. Uh, the hardest ones to get were the hearts because you have yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. get so many uh, fatalities. fatalities. You let the computer do that for you. I definitely yeah, let the yeah. computer do the AI uh, grinding. For sure. <clears throat> so I got everything in there. Uh, I love it. Um, okay. It's also the like most disgusting game that I've ever played. Uh, <laughs> at least seriously. So uh-huh, mm-hmm. the reason yeah. that I didn't give it first place is the gore. It's too much. It's oof, it's too much. Some of the stuff that they're doing now is it's like too, And it's unavoidable. It's not like it's just in fatalities where like maybe you'll see it at the end, maybe uh-huh. not. It's in the gameplay with crushing blows. A mechanic I love, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to see somebody's femur break constantly. Like <laughs> You just don't want to see Cassie Cage shoot that. Johnny Cage yeah, in the head. Yeah, it's too much you know, for me. It's just it's too like... much for me. So it's clearly not too much for me that I'm not playing the game, because I love the gameplay. Yeah. But I just wish it was a little less wild yeah. on that front. I, I agree with that. I agree That's with my that. only complaint, and it's a big enough complaint that it's number two for me. Dang. Okay. So, uh... I'm just gonna... Great online play. I mean, literally everything else is yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. They put in crossplay recently. I mean, they're so good in everything. Right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. let's okay. move on. Uh, so my number one this year. It's going to be an interesting one for people. I think. Okay. Uh, uh, I put Street Fighter Five. Wow, me too. As my number one game. That's actually my number one game, and. Uh, as much as I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, of course it is, James. You're biased or whatever like that, right? Go to 2018. It's not in any of my top three. Yeah. If you go into my 2017, 
It's not in my top three. Not only that, but third place was a question mark. Oh, I, that year, I put nothing in third place oh, because no. I didn't feel like anything deserved it. That is hilarious. Right? And then in 2016, it was in third place. That was in its inaugural year. And I remember it was a very begrudging one. Dang. Because I, it was it was important enough because it had the 5,000 entrants and stuff like that. But the launch was so bad that I really begrudgingly put it in there. So I have never had Street Fighter V in my list as me actually being like, yay, Street Fighter V. Okay, I just did my own research. Uh-huh. And in 2016, I had it at third place. And my quote here is, the subsection of Street Fighter V where you're in a match playing against other persons offline, not the part before that or the part between the games where you have to give a thumbs up or playing online, but the actual gameplay. Yeah, That was my, uh-huh. <laughs> was my work. Yep. And then I didn't have it for 2017 at all. Right. And then I had it as second place in 2018. Right. And now for 2019, it's my number one. Yep. And uh, I think we're both kind of in very much the same position. It has really found its identity. What a redemption arc, I have to say. And it's really gotten to the point where it is so fun to watch. And, you know, I, I, I know that this season has the potential to be probably one of the best because of the crazy V-skills. Yes. But the, the it feels like this is the version that should have came out. Oh, can you imagine? Right? Like, <laughs> can I you feel like imagine? this was the version that should have came out. And when it came out, then the V-skills would have been the first update. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that to me, like, I like I said, I, I can't even tell you how much I enjoy playing Lucia. Like, I never thought that a Street Fighter character would have that much depth in me being just like, okay, in this situation, I need to do this combo path and that combo. Here's yes. this setup. Here's that setup. And, oh, my God. And, like, I've been watching, like, uh, Shine stream a bunch. I've been watching the stuff that he's been doing with this character. And it's just like, every time I see these Lucia plays, they keep doing stuff that I hadn't thought of. And I'm like, that's so right. sick. You know, and things like that. And... Uh, I just really feel like the game has just gotten to the point where it is the character variety mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Season four characters like Poison and Honda are so interesting. I'm Kage, you know, but you know, uh, not not my favorite, but I can definitely see why people like. Yeah, it. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's going to be more interesting now that he's yeah, significant. He's good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, even previous year, I felt like everyone in season three, even towards the end of season two, like when Manat and Zeku were mm-hmm. there, I thought they were. Yeah, really once ha- Abigail came out. Abigail came out with the trailer, which I had listed as one of the worst of the years. Did one you? That's year. awesome. Yeah, because the reveal was so terrible. It was. And he has turned into one of my favorite characters uh-huh, in the game. Uh-huh. I hate fighting him. Oh, I just yeah. mean, I just mean like personality wise and like what he does. I don't ever want to fight the character, you, but he's such a cool character, and uh, I really, really enjoy the game right now. And I have had a newfound love for the game. And yep. you know, uh, I thought I was going to be able to explain this first before I got to the worst of the year, but we changed the order of things. Gotcha. But you know, uh, that's why the Street Fighter netcode thing has was weighing so I heavily see. on my mind is because I want to enjoy this game. I want to play it, but I, it, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely understand. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, the game is really great gameplay. For yeah, sure. uh-huh. So, I mean, um, even all the new characters look good. Like, they just... Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. just the gameplay, which is yeah, the most important. We don't have another Sakura at this point right No, now, it's right? been a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Kage, I think his horns are kind of dumb looking, but, like, he's animated fine. The character design is off, yeah. right? It's not the animations. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some people like that anyway, right? It's not I, for me, but they I'm, like I, the horns. Like, I've seen a lot of people even say this. Like, I saw someone who's normally a one of the biggest haters on the planet. They were like, I gave Street Fighter V another chance recently. I actually like it now. Yeah, I've heard uh, many yeah, people say uh-huh. that. Yeah, they're like, it's it's actually really good now. Yeah. You know, and like, <laughs> sure. I haven't played it in a long time, and 
it's really good now, you know? Like, I hear that a lot yeah. at this point in time. I've heard so. that as well. There you go. So it's, it's right. actually kind of crazy. Shout out so. to Street Fighter, man. Again, what a yeah. redemption arc. Yeah, I think I, I'm really happy they for did it. it. I'm really happy for it. And and again, that's not saying that we're going to ignore the root kits and the and the We crapped on it for years. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like, I mean, look, you actually made me excited for Seth. Like, that is ridiculous already, right? You you made it so that I saw Seth and I was like... Yep. 100%. Huh. Yep. Huh. Because that was the prevailing rumor that it was uh, yeah. going to be Seth. And I was so mad. Definitely. Like, I spent the whole entire time going like, give me Sodom, please. Uh, right, like, yeah. What is, Not give me Seth, anybody right? Somebody new. Anybody like... but Seth. And then Seth... They even used that joke idea that I had about stealing moves from people. Did you see the V-Skill uh, absorbing thing that they put out today? No! They put out a new, new, couple new clips, and one of them is of when you V-Skill absorb from Manat, and he takes the orb. And you can put the orb out and recall the orb. You just use the orb. Like, they're going hard on this mechanic. It's not a little bit. You didn't get, like, her anti-air grab or whatever. You get the good stuff. It's going to be actually cool. That is ridiculous. He's the character who fixes all bad matchups by 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 stealing something that he needs in that matchup. That's crazy, dude. It is. It's a cool. That's crazy. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, look, that's it for our regular awards for 2019. Mm -hmm. We have two Mm -hmm. other categories, which are random select, which is where we talk about whatever and our own resolutions, and we're also going to talk about the player of the decade, fighting game of the decade, and story of the decade, but mm-hmm. uh, let's take a little break first, sure, and we'll come back no and then do those. Okay, be right back, guys. All right. Yeah, isn't that the weirdest thing, that Seth is actually just Dimitri? They just turn him into Dimitri. It's like the weirdest thing. He's just got, he's got the, I mean, it's not like they're even trying to, like, mask it. Because it's called Demon Cradle. That's what Dimitri's uppercut is called. It's called a Demon Cradle. And then they just called it uh, Mad Cradle. Seth's move uppercut is called Mad Cradle. And then Dimitri has the Bat Drill. And then they just called it the Mad Drill. They didn't even bother, like, hiding it. They just made Seth Dimitri. And then when he activates the V-Trigger, he turns into Makoto. He gets Makoto's air axe kick and the uppercut punch. It's it's really kind of interesting. Dude, I loved Christian UMVC3 Meta Skipper. You're not the only one, dude. I, I really, really loved watching Chris G play in that thing because as much as the Mora Doom stuff was really annoying to fight against and sometimes hard to watch because of how dominant it was, but also at the same time, though, he didn't, like you see, I saw, I watched everybody else try to imitate it, and they couldn't do it. It wasn't just so simple of spamming fireball. Like people think it's just like some brain dead fireball fly, fireball unfly, fireball fly, fireball unfly, and it was like super easy to do. But it actually wasn't because when you saw other people do it, it wouldn't work. Like uh, so, Chris G was definitely very unique amongst that with a couple of other people. Uh, there was a couple of others who also got into it, got it really well as well. But I, I just felt like it wasn't as brain dead as a lot of people thought, including, I mean, it's the same thing with Injustice 2 zoning, right? Everyone always thinks that you just sit back there and shoot guns all day and it's easy. Then you try the zoning yourself and you find everybody's just rolling in at you and doing all sorts of stuff. And you're like, why doesn't this work? 
So, you know, zoning is just one of those things that it's it's hard to watch. And when it's effective, it looks like the person is spamming and doing things thoughtlessly. And that's why people don't like it. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was talking about Mora Doom earlier. Mora Doom. Dude, Ryan LV, Morgan Chun, I miss that, dude. His, his Chun-Li was so good to watch, dude. His Chun-Li was so good. Mm. Okay. How's the cheese, David? Says, ask somebody. Oh, I had Bree from Ralph's, and I had Cheddar from Tillamook or something. It's like oh, not nice. the highest quality stuff, nice. but it was all right, yeah. Okay. I got a few more crackers and some nuts here and half an apple, but okay. we're also ready to come back. All right, you ready? Let me take a big bite. Okay. You know, I'm just going to have to say, like, crunching into an apple is one of the greatest sound effects oh, yeah. ever. I love it. Good I don't know why feeling. it just sounds so good every time. It is good. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Tuesday's show. Again, this is the Ultra Chen Awards, and we're done with the regular year. Right, in terms of the actual awards that we're giving out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but we have a few more things to say, including our next category, which will be the random select for yeah. 2019. Yeah. I mean, last year, one of the things that I kept talking about... Oh, wait, who goes first on this one? You, you go first, uh, I go first, actually. actually go, I don't think I'm going to shut up. Okay, all right. Quit it, buddy. Random select award, right? All right. Go ahead and start talking while I'm typing this all in here. So. Okay, sure. So my random select award for 2019 goes to Ultra David. For the split box? <laughs> Last year when we were doing our oh, FGC okay, resolutions, okay, okay. I said three things. I said I wanted to continue physical therapy so I could play more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to locals. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to stream. And I did all three of those things. I've actually been doing enough physical therapy that I've been able to go to locals and play right. and enter. And if it's not too late, I'm going to go do that tonight. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> we might not be able to. Right. But my intention is to go there again tonight and play. And uh, I've been doing a lot of work, honestly. Every day I'm doing physical therapy stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm doing massage stuff on myself or I'm going to physical therapy or I'm doing exercises or working out. Uh, and that's been a lot. It's been not easy. And um, I'm really happy that I've done it. Okay. It, it wasn't something that I even thought about two years ago. A year and a half ago, it wasn't even in my mind that it was a possibility for me to be able to not be in constant pain. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife told me the other day, she was like, hey, um, I feel like I've been tossing and turning a lot in my sleep lately. Is that true? And I was like, well, I don't know, not really. And I was like, but that's, you know, I'm, I always am. And she's like, you haven't really been tossing and turning in your sleep. And I was like, what do you mean I'm doing that constantly? And she was like, no, like, really, you haven't been. And what I realized is that I'm no oh. longer in constant pain. Oh, and you're, it, like, not uncomfortable yeah, the entire it used, time. Yeah, it used to be that I, I could oh. not sleep for more than 10, 15 minutes before right. I'd have to move positions. Right. I never got a good night's sleep. And now I can actually sleep without constantly moving. Mm -hmm. It's like I've done a lot of work, and I'm happy about that. And I told myself that I would, like, enjoy when I feel like I've made milestones happen. And mm -hmm. this is... It's been a good year that I actually did the resolutions that I wanted to do. 
Okay. Shout outs to me. So Ultra David. Ultra David for your third, third place. Okay. Well, my third place award is Jay Chenzor. Okay. Giving up so many games. I, I talked about this last year. This was a big topic of mine of how there's just too many video games, too many fighting games out there. And I had this as one of the worst things, but like I just have to talk about it. It's just, it's so hard because this year I've had to give up so many games. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Soul Calibur 6. Yes. And I just don't play it anymore. <laughs> well, same. Uh, I really enjoyed BB Tech. 100%. I just don't play it anymore. Same. I really loved <laughs> Unist, and I've never played the game. Oh, jeez. Right? I've never played it. I've literally only done train like the 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 the, the tutorial the, the 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 trials for Nanase. That's all I've ever done for it, right? I watched it a lot, yeah. but I've never played it. Uh, I stopped playing Guilty Gear Exert. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just I just fallen away from so many games. It's such a tough time. And well, like, but you've been playing a lot of games. I've been playing so many games. Yeah. I've, been, I've been playing so much Samurai Showdown and Tekken. There you, yeah. I had Techtober where I played Tekken like a thousand times. I got to red ranks in Tekken. I never thought I would get that high, and I, I did. I actually made it to... Uh, I played a bunch in Uniel. Dude, uh, in Uniel, we both played a lot of Uniel. I still remember that uh, I got to uh, second place at one of the runbacks. I beat Paul B to get second place, and then Breaker Dave destroyed me. <laughs> but I mean, Paul B and Breaker Dave are like two of the best people in Uniel, even to this day, right? Not Paul B, sorry. Uh, what yeah. was his name? It was initials. It was initials. Shoot, what's the name? The other guy that was always playing. Oh, God. It's not LPN. Shoot, I got out the, the letters. Please, somebody help me here. No, I totally messed this up. I'm so sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know the, Paul he's B played Biak- like that. He's the Biakio player. The Biakio player. Uh, not Shoot. I'm the Paul's worst. Paul's probably in this chat. <laughs> I'm the worst. I am the worst. I, this is what I mean by names and me. I have no recall for names. Shoot. Ah, oh, God, I'm so mad. Anyways. Well, you beat some scrub to get second place. Yeah, so. and so I, I did really well in that <laughs> game at that point. And so when Eunice came out, Nanase was very good. Mm-hmm. She's one of the strongest characters, and I I never actually got to play. And I was it made me really sad. It made me really, really sad. So LPT. Thank you. LPT is who it is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I said LPN. That was the closest one right mm-hmm. there. Okay, so LPT. Yes, there you go. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but there you go. So that's that's who. Uh, that's uh, so. Yeah, it's that's my random select award. Is that it's 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 painful, shaving off these games and not playing them, and it's so tough, dude. You gotta pick and choose. Yeah. Okay. I have <sighs> picked and chosen. SF and MK basically, yeah. and yeah, it'd be great. I, my third and fourth would definitely be Caliber and BB Tag, mm-hmm. and I'm just not playing them. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, gotta prioritize. All right, my second place. Yep. All right, my second place is one you kind of addressed already, which is families started. Oh, okay, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Over this past year, there have been a lot of players who have gotten engaged or married or had children. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time people have been doing those things since the 90s, but like I feel like this year there's been a lot of that. And in particular people who I know well and sort of like have been in a friend group with for like 10 mm-hmm. plus 15 years. Uh and so it I don't know, it feels it like it hits home a little bit more maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really what it sure. is. Just a, it happens to hit home more with people who I personally know. 
Uh, and that's been super cool. Shouts to everybody who's been doing that stuff. Um, boy, I don't know how any of you streamed your wedding. That sounds awful, but you did that, and <laughs> that's cool. You know, I hope you enjoyed right, it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, congrats on all of the big milestones in life. Yeah, that's super yeah, cool news. Yeah. Super cool. James Chen. I didn't even watch, honestly. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it felt like it was like stealing in on a personal moment. It's it's just weird. It is. Hey, weird. I mean, if they were happy to do but, it, then that's their. Here's their the thing. Was... Here's the thing, though. I actually, honestly, think it's going to become a normal thing, because um, Level Up has streamed weddings before. Have they? Okay. They've just streamed. They were just hired to stream a wedding. Oh, is that so? And it had nothing to do with the fighting game community. It was just they wanted their wedding stream for mm. the people who couldn't make it. Oh, wow, you know, okay. for family members. I do think that wedding streams are going to become a, re a regular thing for people who can't travel to I them. guess that makes sense. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as weird in the okay. future. Yeah. I do think it's going to be a thing. Yeah, that, so. that seems possible, yeah. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, my number two thing, uh, random select award, is I just have to give a shout out to this, is that Street Fighter League didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. Uh... I was entertained. The yeah. bands actually kind of worked out for Samurai to, okay. for that story, you yeah, know. That's true. And and dude, would Idom have won if he didn't get banned all the time? He picked up a second character because of Street Fighter League, right? I, I, I mean, don't know. Look, I guess. Look, <laughs> I. It didn't suck. I, I was skeptical agreed. as anybody else was. Yeah. About it, I. The bands, I heard about it. I was like, this is going to be not good. But I'll tell you what, though. Uh, the players, they shined. Yep. They didn't do anything extra to make them shine. My favorite story is when Duel Kevin and Rob TV started popping off at each other that one of the producers on the corner started crying <laughs> because they, they, they weren't sure what was going on. They didn't realize that this was just the way that it went. You right. know, like the, the person was terrified, like, what is happening? And Rob and Duel Kevin are just great friends and yeah, everything yeah, like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> um, the personalities are great. Vicious and Steve were amazing. Great. Ringe was great on there as well. That's right. Um, Rip was fantastic on there. Like I said, I, I thought Rip did an amazing job there. And the storylines that came out of it were so cool. Yes. You know, and, and I, I really feel like a lot of very important friendships came out of that thing too. Rob TV now lives in Florida with Knuckle Dude. That's right. He just moved in with Knuckle Dude now. They're, because they, and when you're at events, you see Shine and Rob TV cheering for Knuckle Dude in like all the tournaments and Knuckle Dude's cheering for them. I, it's like, I really liked what came out of it like i was i'm really surprisingly like happy with how it went so there you go <laughs> I, I, look I, I agree with you i thought that it was going to be bad news and it was a lot of fun to watch and the players yeah. did great and i agree with the commentary was great mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. sure i thought the whole thing was done really well i really liked it i was surprised at how earnest and how genuine it was Yes. You know what I mean? Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh -huh. that, that was my concern as well. I felt like it would, it didn't, thought it, it would be contrived maybe. Yeah. I didn't feel like they... Esportsy. I thought they were going to pump in all this yeah. like esportsy kind of things to it, but it felt very good. And good. a lot of it, like I said, really does go to Rip for his amazing hosting and interviewing. Because like, you know, he was like when he interviewed Justin Wong, he was like, you know, like 
Oh, tell me about your tier list. They suck. Whatever. He didn't no, even let right. him answer. Yeah, yeah. Like we didn't. It wasn't like a. You know, it wasn't esports. It was. No, it was it still was just a FGC, bunch of guys yeah. having fun. So there you For go. Sure. I was. I was actually really surprised by that. So that's my number two. Nerd Josh is uh, glad to hear that a Street Fighter reality show worked. <laughs> Shout out to Josh. Oh my God! The fact that it's Josh who said that is hilarious. That's genius. Okay. 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 All right. All right. <laughs> We didn't end up doing a worst of the decade category, so no, you're yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, other downer news. Um, my number one is Friends Lost. Oh, yes, of uh, course. Shiz have passed That's away. Right. I actually wanted to mention that in the worst category. Yeah, right? I was thinking about that. But, um, but the thing about right. it is there was a lot of people who have passed away that we didn't put in there. And obviously for us, it's a particular thing because Shiza was close to us. Yeah. I didn't... I, it's, I'm, I'm glad you put it down here for everybody. Yeah, you know, right. For everybody. So the one I knew was Shiza, but uh, I knew of several uh, several other people in the FGC across the year. I can remember Crucial B, for example, passing yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. I know that more people did, too. If you remember in the chat, I was trying to look it up, and I couldn't find mm-hmm. But I know that there were more than that. Uh, in Control passed away, a guy who I really liked in StarCraft as well. That was a big bummer for That's me. That's right. That's right. Blood Talon passed right. away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was a tough year in that way. So that's not easy, not easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. So there you go. But I thought that was something that we needed to mention. Yeah, for sure. You for know, sure. shout outs to the friends and family of people who are still moving on. Yeah, what was Dangief this year? Dangief passed away. I didn't know about that. I don't think I heard about that. I'm not sure, I knew about that one. Shoot. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Jeez. Sorry to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to everybody. That's, uh, that's, that's tough. So uh, my random select, because random select is always just kind of silly and kind of goofy and everything like that. Yeah. It's hard to transition to this. But, hey, uh, do it. <laughs> uh, but my random select was my foray into... Uh, oops, hang on a second. I messed this up. My foray into CCGs uh-huh. and, and finding out what that's all about. Okay. Uh, with uh, Teppen, actually, uh, I have never played CCGs before. Right. I went in with a fighting game mentality, you know, like oh, <laughs> right. you know, like people were like, "There's like four good decks." I'm like, "Man, the balance is terrible." They're right. Like, that's actually really good, James. <laughs> yeah. It's like really, really good. Um, so I've been hooked on. Teppen, I've been playing a lot. They just came out with an update last night. Mm-hmm. They just added the wild... I mean, like, some of these cards, I looked at this, and I'm like, like, there's no way you put this card in the game. So I looked at them, really but I didn't play it for the last, like, month and a half, right. so I don't really know the context of them, right. but they definitely yeah, sound yeah. pretty wild, uh, for sure. There's some that are really crazy, but uh, it's actually shocking to me. And, and, you know, as much as... And it's funny, too, because I like to talk about my frustrations with things on Twitter. So when I talk about Tekken, I talk about my frustrations. I talk yeah. about Street Fighter that way and CCG and Teppens that way, too. I, I make it to champion rank every season in right, Teppens. I'm there every time. I'm always in the 1600 to 1700. Into, I like just basically sit there. Nice. And, like, once you get into 1800, that's when you start getting into, like, the the, 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 the place you actually see right. yourself place. I got to, like, 1750 or whatever like that. But I only talk about the times that I lose because, you know, you just just, it's the salt. It's the James Chen salt, right? So I'm actually doing really 
fine in the game, but it's There's just a like, huge player base of that game too. Yeah, by the way. That's and nice it's work. it's it's surprisingly very interesting and fun and the mechanics that they're doing in there there's just a lot of interesting strategies in there and they they it they they come up with a lot of creative stuff and i'm really surprised at how much i enjoyed it because you know i've often said that i wouldn't ever commentate other genres outside of fighting games right unless it's something that i really love Right, yeah. and so te- Tetris obviously is something. And by the way, that was something I kind of want to put that, that on here too. Is that I I've been on TV. That one yeah. broadcast has been on TV three times this year already. <laughs> Sick. So it's actually pretty cool. Uh, I'm really happy about that. But you know, because Teppin is more, you know, has the fighting game characters, Capcom yeah. stuff. I thought it'd be more appropriate. Uh, but you know, uh, I I just like I I want to commentate Teppin stuff now. I watched the World Championships that were in Japan. Yes, uh, me too. that uh, was a horrible chopstick. And Justin, Justin did, did a good job. Justin on commentary. did a really I good job. He did a really. Justin is obviously very good on commentary. He is. You know, he's always been good at commentary. So I'm not sure I agree with that, but I do well, think he's been good for the la- past. Later, later, yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah, gotten later, good. Later, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I was just really, I'm excited that, I mean, the fact that it's cut into a lot of my FFRK time is, is pretty telling. So so I will definitely be streaming a lot of Teppin this month, and as well as FFRK. I'm going to be trying to stream a lot of my mm-hmm. mobile stuff this cool, this year. So for night streams, for night streams. Nice. So yeah, there you go. Very good. Yeah, it's a good game. I really like it too. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for 2019. Mm-hmm. 2019. Over. In the past. But so is the rest of the decade. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. We lost a decade. Man. An entire decade. Do you remember? Gone. Can you imagine it was 20 years ago we were worried about Y2K? <laughs> More than 20 years ago now. Well, no, it's exactly 20 years, right? Well, now it's beyond the 20 years ago Y2K, right? Because well, it's 2020 already. R- okay, and well. We were worried about it in 1999. Well, when we transitioned to 2000, which was exactly... Anyways, yeah, anyways, okay. Let's go, let's go. You want to do player first, then, or...? Uh, yeah, sure, let's do... <laughs> I'm just being contrarian for no reason. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, player of the decade, it. sure. This is tough. Player of the decade. People are not going to agree with my choices, but... There's no way to get this right. No. I just want to mm-hmm. point this out. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get this mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. There were just so many good players. I had a list of about half a dozen that like sprung to my mind, mm-hmm. and I ended up choosing the list from that. But then I did a bunch more research, and I've rearranged my in my listed ones. And I spent a lot of time on this, to be honest. Yeah. I I do appreciate uh, uh, only Bernie beats Akuma's uh, comment in there is that I'm angry no matter what they pick. That is probably the best way to just come into this. To probably be so. With you. Yeah. Yes. You know what the funny thing is? Only Bernie beats Akuma has showed up in our chat recently, and Kamala is a cop has disappeared. I feel like, you know... You sleuthed it out for sure! I'm, I'm wondering if that's the same guy, for and now sure. that Kamala is, is like, he doesn't need it anymore. You sleuthed it out so. for sure! Yeah, I'm this wondering... This is right. This is right. Did I crack 100%. the code? Did I crack 100%. the code? 100%. I, I need to Be know. honest. Be honest out there! You got it! Oh! <laughs> oh boy! That was, a... <laughs> that was so sick! What a call! I had a feeling. 
doing? <laughs> that's the analytical it. mind that gets great on yeah, commentary right there. There you go. Beautiful. There you go. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Okay, okay. Anyways, <laughs> all right, all right. Who's your Who's your number three player of wow. the decade? Genius. Oh man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> My third player, third greatest player of the decade of the 2010s mm-hmm. between 2010 and 2019 was mm-hmm. Kazunoko. Ah, okay. I like it. I like All it. All right, here's the stats. Because, I, again, I spent a lot of time looking up the stats. <laughs> okay, okay. One Capcom Cup and SF4. Wow, this going to need too many fingers for that, so let's give that up. One Capcom Cup and SF4. Six Evo Top 8s in SFXT, Guilty Gear, SF5, Dragon Ball Fighters, BB Tag, and Sam Show. One Majors in Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5, Guilty Gear, Dragon Ball Fighters, BB Tag, and got Top 8s in Marvel 3 and Marvel Infinite. Mm-hmm. So the way that I'm approaching this is... Uh, not as like who dominated one single game the most. It's the it's the multi game players that I'm most concerned with here. Uh, not people who are like specialists, but people who had the biggest impact on the FGC like as a whole, like mm-hmm. the biggest fighting game impact. As right. A yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. who did the best in the most games, basically? Right. Okay. Kazunoko number three. Okay. Uh, I wasn't necessarily going for accolades. I was going for effect okay. on the community and accolades. Okay, you sure. Know, obviously, both of them in there. Uh, like I said, this one might be a little weird for people, uh, but my number three is actually Justin Wong. Okay. And it was kind of uh, solidified by uh, Bavo, the SRK rankings guy, put out a little graphic that showed the players' rankings through the last decade. Mm-hmm. And Justin Wong started with just like the biggest bar and okay. he was up there forever. And he did not go down until more towards Street Fighter Five when that came out. Now, you know, at that point in time, I don't think he was concentrating as hard on it. And yeah. I don't think Street Fighter Five was necessarily the game for him at first I think you're right. until Manat showed up. Yeah. And then he made top eight yeah. at, at Capcom right. Cup, right? But here's the thing. He also won Evo he he won evil in marvel right he was a dominant force in marvel and he's just always been a representative of our community no matter what no matter how you look at it justin wong is one of the most important people of our community for sure and he did most of his work in a lot of that time because yeah okay he won all those marvel 2 tournaments back then but there weren't streams we can't find all that stuff. It's hard. You got to find. Go talk to Preppy. You know, get all of his <laughs> footage and stuff like that. But in terms of you know, two thousand nine, obviously not in this decade, but him and Daigo Grand Finals, and then you know, putting his name on there, and then then beating Daigo in Street Fighter Five in one of the later years at Evo and stuff like that. You know, and then like I said, Barrel Roll Evo winning yep. MVC three and everything like that. I I still think. In terms of just importance, yeah, that's uh, right, Justin Wong is is one of the most important people in our community. So and, yeah, and I would say that he's done a lot of great community stuff too. Right, yeah, he's flown yeah, yeah. people around to tournaments. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You were mentioning earlier, yeah, yeah, the, the E5 Pass, Pass stuff. Even yeah, in addition yeah. to that, that's something he's been doing for quite some years. Yeah. Uh, he's been doing content nicely over the last year mm-hmm. as well like he really is in everything and he changed up his, a lot of what he was because i mean when he was on the east coast people thought he was a cocky jerk and everything right. like that. when he first moved in with me i was like uh, i don't know if i uh, that was oh nine he moved yeah in it was around then yeah. yeah and i and then he came out and it turned out that he was just this nicest guy Super you know nice. and you know he played rufus because he wanted to not be a turtle anymore <laughs> right yeah, and everything yeah. then he went to not well so you no, know, he should have done yeah, he should have yeah, yeah no but uh, again just really, really, really great kind of situation. It's a great so, pick. Yeah, so there you go. 
That's my number three. Okay. What's your number two? My number two is Tokido. Okay, there you go. Tokido. One Evo in Street Fighter V. Mm -hmm. Evo top eights in Blaze Blue, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, King of Fighters, Street Fighter Four, and Street Fighter Five. Mm -hmm. One events. This is a list. One events in Street Fighter Four, Street Fighter Five, Marvel vs. Capcom Three, KOF Thirteen, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Tekken Tag Tournament Two, Third Strike, Dead or Alive, uh, Persona Four Arena, Soul Calibur Five, and Tekken Six. <laughs> that all happened in the past decade. Yes. That, that is was one of the evils that I saw him with the medals around his neck, and I just looked at him, and I was like, "Really, Tokido?" Yeah, because yep. when when I first was thinking about the the players who were be on this list, he was definitely like in that initial yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my uh -huh. my thought was like, "Well, I don't know. I can do somebody who's just basically been winning Street Fighter over the past uh -huh. several years, you know." Uh -huh. And then I was like. Okay, let me do the actual research on this. And there's actually a Wikipedia page for Tokido. Of course there is! And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and on that Wikipedia page, it has a complete list of all of his placings. It is incredibly long. Somebody okay. did an okay. amazing research, honestly. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. On that. And you can, sort, you can sort it by the placing he got, the year it happened, the game it is, the publisher. Like, it's incredible. Right, right, right. The research on this. Okay, so if you go okay. there and just keep scrolling down in your scroll wheel huh. for however long it'll take, I mean, he, mm -hmm. in so many different games, had such a huge impact. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because I kind of felt the same way. I was like, oh, you know, he's been winning lately in Street Fighter V. And the thing about it is, for me, he's one of the greatest players of all time because of stuff that he did even in the previous decade. For sure. So, weirdly enough, I don't have him on my list because I feel like he's more than just a decade. Well, he is, for sure. Yeah, I know. So, it's weird. My logic doesn't make any sense. That's okay. It's your place. Uh, everyone's going to be mad, like I said, ahead of time. Um, oh God, someone went to go look at his wiki page. I'm telling you, right? <laughs> my number two is Daigo Umahara. Okay, sure. Okay, Daigo Umahara. Uh, sure, he won the first Street Fighter Four in uh, 2009 like Justin Wong. But again, if Justin Wong and Daigo, those two guys right there, coming back in 2009, didn't set the precedent for everything that happened in this decade, you know, I'm a monkey's uncle, basically, because that grand final set the stage for everything that was going to happen mm. afterwards. Because two, I, for the people who weren't there, the difference between Evo 2008 and Evo 2009 was like night and day. Right. And then they were the driving force for so long afterwards. Daigo was the original legend. And, you know, and, and, you know, people talk about this all the time. Never meet your legend or, you know, the legend. There's always those movies out there that try to debunk the legend myth. That mm -hmm. the legend comes out and they're actually not that great. <laughs> right, and yeah. they're crotchety and they're weird <laughs> and everything. And somehow it was just a misconstrued message or whatever. Daigo was a legend and he legit held up to it, right? He won two Evos back-to-back -back with Street Fighter Four. Yeah. He never fell out of, you know, prominence. And then he was an icon in Japan. What he did for esports in Japan, mm. he was, you know, obviously was a, was a representative for ramen. For, he had a book. He right. had all these things, you know, happen. His stream has been amazing. Yes. You know, he has the, 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 B, the CYG Beast team now, which has been helping guys like Infectious and, 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 you know, all these other players, you know, travel the world and everything like that. Daigo's stamp in this last decade, even though maybe necessarily in Street Fighter V, his results haven't been, like, Daigo-esque, which yeah. is the standards that we hold him to, yeah. you know what I mean? But 
his impact on the scene and you know what did it take it took for Daigo to learn the hitbox for make everybody go oh maybe I should use the hitbox right. it wasn't Ultra David and James Chan who got everybody to use the hitbox okay it was Daigo Umahara right yeah. and he's the one who's doing there. he's also the one that started to learn how to open his personality more and right. do all this stuff Daigo Umahara, I think, is one of the most important players of the decade. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, if you're just talking mm -hmm. about which ones are the most important from sort of getting eyes on the community perspective, great. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So there you go. Hey, dude, you hip hitbox hipsters in there, you guys absolutely deserve credit for knowing a good thing when you saw it right away. 100%, so, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I know who your number one is going to be. My, you, I'm sure you do. Yeah, um, uh, my number one is a player who started playing and started traveling in 2014. <laughs> mm -hmm. And whose first result was fifth place. And then got fourth place. And then got second place. And then I think the order was maybe like a fourth place after that. And then got first place. And then didn't lose in Injustice 1 for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, that was literally their first year uh, competing. So it's Sonic Fox. Uh, and then... The rest of the time for Sonic Fox is has won five Evos in <laughs> MK9, Jesus Injustice Christ. 1, MKX, uh, MK11, Injustice 2, and Dragon Ball Fighters. By the way, also got uh, Grand Finals again in Dragon Ball Fighters this year. Yeah. Uh, in addition, uh, has won majors in Skullgirls and Marvel Infinite. Got top eights in SF5, DOA, KI, and BB Tag. And again, did all of that in the second half of this decade. Be everybody in MVCI. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you say MVCI? I did say MVCI. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, okay, they won okay. uh, MVCI yeah. and Skullgirls tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Well, a CEO, I think, is what they won. I mean, look, for me, when you talk about fighting game players, right, the legends are, there's an order of it, right? There's always Tomo Ohira first for me. Okay. Mike Watson, mm. right? Then Alex Vai. And then Justin Wong, okay. right? Since Justin Wong, it's been kind of blurrier at this point. Like, post it, maybe Tokido is probably kind of in there at this point in time. But Sonic Fox is clearly the person who has shown up and is taking that throne. There's always been one person who's yeah. been kind of taking that throne. And Sonic Fox is clearly that player. And he's my number one as well. Yeah, um, okay. He is basically yeah. the future yeah. of the FGC, yeah. and this is his decade. Yeah. This is his coming out party they. right here. Or, oh, they, they, they. I didn't realize what you were saying. I thought you were saying yeah. Oh. I thought you were saying yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad. Uh, this this was basically their FGC coming out party. It's going to take me a while to get used to that. I hear you. It's going to take me a while to get used to that. So, um, but it's yes. It's important to try. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy how good he is at fighting games. Uh, they are at fighting games. Sorry, it's sorry, it's gonna take me a while. It took me a while with with other players as well. I know, so, I know. Yeah, uh, but it's crazy how good they are at fighting games. I mean, it's yeah. It, like Fox has been playing. So Fox also has a Wikipedia page. It turns out, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it says in there, I didn't know this, that uh, they started playing at the age of three. And I'd always suspected that, that, like, it was probably, like, Sonic Fox and Quiggle, and they're just, like, training up, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. was always, like, my suspected origin story. Like, Fox played 100,000 hours of it, right? Or whatever, is absurd uh -huh, number. Uh -huh. I didn't think about starting at age three, but there you go. <laughs> I mean, so since, since three, and like I said, in 2014, when Fox was probably, like... 14 or 15 or something right. like that was like they were already the best player in the world in right. at least one game and was already winning Skullgirls tournaments that year and it's just, just never looked back if you're playing fighting games when you are three years old 
I mean, the stuff that you learn when you're in two or three is so ingrained and you pick up on yeah. weird, subtle things better than anyone else. I think one of my favorite stories was uh, one of my friends who used to work with me uh, had a, had a I forgot if it was his daughter or if it was his son. When they were really young, they were playing World of Goo. And they okay. would sit there and play and build a structure. And when the when his kid was like three years old or something, it was either, I can't remember if it was the daughter or the son. They would sit there and all of a sudden just start going, uh, uh, uh. And he was like, what's wrong? And then all of a sudden the structure would just collapse. And he just had no idea. And he was like, The what? kid knew. Yeah, the kid <laughs> knew because they right. were just watching it a lot. Right. You know what I mean? You just pick up on these weird, subtle things. And Sonic Fox has been doing that with fighting games. Understanding how to play mind games against a world-class player right. and his older brother... You know, in, in their older brother for so long. And so, you know, the stuff that they have picked up, this is one of the first people that we've ever seen born into an environment mm -hmm. of fighting games. Mm -hmm. You know, which is why everybody was like, oh, if he picks up tech, if, if they pick up tech in a street fight, they're not going to, dude, they're going to kill everybody. I actually just can't believe that anybody says that. It's the, so stupid. They're going to kill everybody. Can, can you, yeah. I feel like you have to be so myopic to think that. Like, yeah. that you just have to be, have, like, an unreasonable belief in, like, mm -hmm. your favorite game's scene. Because they've killed everybody in every other scene. <laughs> if you're winning Dragon Ball Fighters when it was the most entered game of the entire year, and all of the gods of anime games are playing it, mm -hmm. all of the gods of Marvel are playing it, and you're the one who comes out on top? I know, right? Like, like, where, like, where is You're the... pretty good at fighting games. Why and why not do that with every other fighting game, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. What would stop you? I mean, by the way, they got top eight at final round for the first uh, Street, Street Fighter, Fighter Five, Five tournament, uh, yeah, premiere, yeah, yeah. right? It's so just it's... you just have to have the character that interests them, right? Yeah. And now Sonic Fox is obsessed with Gil. Right, so Fox is playing SF5. I don't know if they'll keep that up, but... I don't right. even think it matters, to be honest. There's already so much domination in so many other games, clearly demonstrated that they have the ability to win any game. It's mm -hmm. obvious. You have to be... You have to, yeah. I feel like, purposely misunderstand Sonic the situation. Sonic Fox BF champ in the that. first to ten? Yes! I, like, embarrassed Blew him up! F champ, who was considered one of the best players in Marvel of, of all time, and had the game, he had the game, and knew how to practice and play and everything, and then in the first month, Fox was just like, I'm already the best. Like, <laughs> come on! It's so silly. Oh, man. Anyway, so very obviously, Fox is uh, one of the best players of all time. Now, yeah. this is of the past decade. I would still say that I think Tokido is the greatest player of all time. Yes, uh-huh, same here. For me, Tokido is yeah, still yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Because Absolutely. in... The previous decade, I probably would have also said Tokido. <laughs> right? So, like, right? for the past yeah, two decades yeah, yeah. of Tokido's uh -huh, playing, uh -huh, like, it's uh -huh. probably Tokido. Yeah. But Fox is very close. And, again, all that's in five years, six years. Right. And uh, this decade's going to be mean, basically dominated by them. So, say, heads up, everybody. To say Tokido won the first Evo, 2000, and then won very recently at Evo, yep. that, is a, that is a time span that is unbelievable. Incredible. You know I mean? Unbelievable. Incredible. So, but I really honestly do think Tokido is the best player of all time yeah, right I now. I agree with you. So, there you go. Okay. okay. All right. All right. That's best players of the decade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By the way, I'll put up all these on Twitter so you can see all the recap. Because okay. we've gone over a lot of stuff tonight. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for sure. I will definitely have that up there so you can see what all we did. Okay. God, I thought we Disagree were going fast. Disagree and yell at us. I thought we oh, were no, going we're fast, forever. but yeah, we're still here. I'm definitely okay, not going to yeah, make a logo. Yeah, okay, sorry about that. Uh, well, sorry you know, it's that. kind of 
to be yeah. expected, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. So now we have fighting game of the decade. Fighting game of the decade. So, I don't know about you, but I went I with... I have to go first, don't I? I believe you do. Yeah. Okay. I went with my subjective favorites. Okay, okay, okay. I did I'm not do that. I'm super subjective. I did not do that. Okay. I, I did kind of a impact kind of thing okay, sure. and stuff like that. Except for uh, uh, number three, as you know, I've been saying that the, I, I, I've been um, kind of using number three as my personal spot, right? Okie doke, what you got? So for number three, I have Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Ultimate Marvel. For fighting game of the decade. Versus Capcom 3. Because, I mean, I, it's just clearly... Capcom presents. It's clearly, at this point in time, I think it's just like... Marvel Comics. I just went back and watched some matches of it too, and it's the game is just so good. It's so beautiful, it's so interesting. The neutral is so good, like everything about that. Like in the end, even with how stupid X Factor comebacks can be, like the match that I was watching was Joey D versus Sacktap, right? And I just <laughs> had an argument on Twitter with people who were like. Marvel 3, everyone should have had air dashes because you can't possibly win without air dashes. Sacktap got second place in that tournament. He was using... Uh, a nemesis, was, somebody terrible, it Arthur. It was Arthur, yeah, okay. Hagger, and who was the last character he was using? Um, was it Nemesis? No, it wasn't Nemesis. It was Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Ghost yeah, Rider. Yeah. That was his team. Yeah, he played a bunch of garbage for sure. And he almost <laughs> won that tournament. Joey D had to make like the most ridiculous comeback just to even win okay. and stay alive in that one. And that game just turned out so good. It's it just did. so good. Man, that game is fun, dude. That game is yeah. a lot of fun. And uh, I miss it. And honestly, like, just the amount that is probably still undiscovered in that game is just epic at right. this point in time so i think yeah. you're right mm -hmm. i think it's uh, a good game all right mm -hmm. my third place is mortal kombat 11. oh wow okay okay mk11 i think it's the best game that nrs has made and i'm having a blast with it like i said it's my favorite gameplay game of the year mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it has everything on on top of that right it's not just great gameplay, but also it's the full package of what a video game is. It appeals to people who like to play first or single-player stuff. It appeals to people who like co-op stuff. It appeals to everybody, I mean, in terms of the groups that it goes toward. Um, the reason it's not higher is the gore. Right, yeah, yeah. Again, okay, so it's, same thing, same it's thing. same yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. The gameplay oh, oh. for me is, I mean, I'd probably have it at second place this decade, mm -hmm, just based mm -hmm. on gameplay alone, but... The gore drops it down a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand. Yep. It's kind of frustrating situation. So. Yes, it, it edges out Injustice, but just slightly. I really like Injustice 2, man. Injustice okay, 2 is one okay. of my top fives for sure. Um, uh, my number two game is going to be Tekken 7. Tekken 7. Tekken 7. Because Tekken franchise was gone. Right, right. The Tekken franchise, the 3D games were not a thing anymore. Dude, there Would, was an Evo where we wouldn't have had it if they didn't like sneak in the arcade right. version. Would Soul Calibur 6 have been made if there was no Tekken 7? 100% no. No, there's no way it would have been made. 
Tekken 7 okay. brought back the 3D game genre, and it did it in full-fledged fashion, and it fixed... Like, when I first saw Tekken Tag 2, I was excited because they started doing more of the presentation stuff because the tag combos were so cool-looking and stuff. Then Tekken 7, they just took it up another level, and the game has just been so solid, uh, you know, since then. And it just keeps getting better, and like I said, yeah. everything surrounding it has been great. Yes. Harada... Mike, you know, Michael Murphy has been doing Murray. a great job. Murray has been doing a great job with that. Again, sorry about the names. Um, you know, just the commentators, the world tour, the dojo events, and the characters they've been adding and everything. And, you know, they, they, they've been taking a lot of risks that have been paying off. I mean, they put a freaking Walking Dead character in the game, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, 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 like, who needs Tekken Cross Street Fighter anymore? We have Tekken Cross Street Fighter, Cross Final Fantasy 15, Cross KOF, Cross Walking Dead, you know, like, who needs that anymore? We've got, I'm like, they, they put Akuma in there and they said, you know what? and geese and then we're gonna make them jump regular they're, they're, right, they're, they're yeah. gonna have 2D <laughs> fighting jumps they're gonna have projectiles they're gonna give them super meters like they like it's just such a well designed game and you know and we've talked a lot about balance you know over the years and everything like that I mean Rang Chu won two years ago or a year ago I should say with the bears who people yeah who people didn't think were very good characters and everything like that it's just what it was able to do to help revive not just 3D yeah. games and Tekken itself, but just, it's just, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And it's changing the way people are approaching making their fighting games now. So I have that as my number two game. It used to be the game that many of us would file out of Evo to go eat lunch during. Dude, I played Nothing Excess in Tetris during Tekken on the DS one time because he thought he could actually beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, yeah, and we chose to do that during Tekken yeah. for a reason, yeah. you know? Seriously, so. we, we ditched. A lot of people ditched. Yeah. And um, now it's one of the highest games to watch. Yeah, so, absolutely. Shout out to them. They have done absolutely. a great job. It's a great so, pick. Mm -hmm. So that's my number two. Okay. My number two is Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. Okay, all right. Street Fighter V, specifically Arcade Edition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we mentioned before, when it came to SF5 Oops. for being Game of the Year this year for both of us, uh, the launch had a ton of problems. And, I mean, it was the worst Street Fighter launch. It was the worst fighting game launch ever. Yes. And it had so many problems. And the gameplay had problems, too. I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't something I loved. It had lag. There wasn't that much character variety. Mm -hmm. Like, there were definitely issues in there. And they fixed the lag, and they added a bunch of new characters, and they keep adding a bunch of new wild stuff. And what I like most in fighting games, the thing that I feel like binds together the games that I like the most, is when the characters outshine the game mechanics. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I, lo I like the expression of an individual character in diverse ways. Yes. So that everybody plays yeah, yeah. very differently, and you can do very different things. And um, they have done that in Street Fighter V Arcade mm -hmm. Edition over the mm -hmm. last... Season 4, right, in, in particular. And now in Season 5, when, when CE comes out for this next decade, it's going to be even zanier. That's the kind of stuff that I really like. So it, for me, it... You know, I mentioned this a while ago. It displaced Super Turbo as my second favorite Street right. Fighter game. Yeah, yeah. So now my favorite Street Fighter game remains Street Fighter III Third Strike. Second place right. is Street Fighter V. Um, I don't know if it's going to remain second for long, to be honest. I feel like CE might get right, number one, yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah. to be I, frank. I mean, we'll see. What's, what's really interesting, too, and this kind of tells you about a little bit of the redemption arc, 
it's two years ago if we said this like the chat would just be like but there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of people in the chat are like i agree no, yeah that's good. The, the street it fighter really 5 has, has reached a really nice place yeah I mean, obviously, look, people are going to be mad about the netcode still, which I'm kind well, of frustrated yeah. with. Well, yeah, but that is, that's many, many games. I yeah, mean, there's yeah, really yeah, only yeah. a few games that mm-hmm, have great mm-hmm. netcode still, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but I really do enjoy the game. I love the game a lot. Um, and dang, it replaced Third Strike for you, huh? Dang, Kamala's for cup, dang. Really? <laughs> nice. Um, so that means... Yeah, I think uh, that's reasonable, to be honest. Uh, Street Fighter V. Uh, oh, Arcade edition. Now, what do you got for first place, buddy? This one's kind of weird. I, I wasn't sure how to narrow this down exactly, but uh, so mine's kind of a little bit of a cheat, okay. like that. But uh, it's my number one. Honestly, is the Street Fighter Four series. Oh, okay. The Street Fighter Four series. And again, while I do currently enjoy Street Fighter Five more than I enjoyed Street Fighter Four at yeah. the height of my Street Fighter Four enjoyment. Yeah. Nobody can deny what Street Fighter 4 did. And yes, it came out in 2008, came out at home in 2009, right? But really, it was 2010 when it started, everything started. Super Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition, and Ultra Street Fighter 4 were all this decade. Right, and you know, as much as people hate the, the term, the Dark Ages... For those of you who are there, it was the Dark Ages. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying that, okay? It, that's how it was. And Street Fighter Four made fighting games relevant again. It made it so that people cared about fighting games. Would we have any of the fighting games that we have today if it were not for Street Fighter Four? No. Like, just, it's just not going to happen. I don't know, man. I mean, like, well, I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, not to the degree I feel like that we have right now. We certainly wouldn't have as many. Right. I agree with we, that. We, do not, we would not have as many, right? Street Fighter Four. you know, obviously they'd still be making Guilty Gears and Tekkens and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, would come out. you know, yeah. Street Fighter Four came out, was popular enough, was big enough, really kind of kick-started the world tours. That's really true. started kickstarting all that kind of stuff, and like I said, the difference between 2000. The reason why I talk so uh, exaggeratedly about it is because, like I said, I was there between 2008 and 2009. Indeed, I saw the difference of it, and I still remember how I felt after 2009. <laughs> yeah, like I was in awe of what happened in that grand finals, and Street Fighter right. 4 really brought back the fighting game genre, really kind of put it back into public consciousness again. And so to me, it's still the most important fighting game of the decade. Still had a great character fighter. They did the wise choice of bringing back all the characters right away. Mm. You know, from the get-go, all of the 12 original characters were there, right? Uh, Because those were the favorites, right? The character variety, even though there was a little bit like there was like way too many grapplers or whatever like that. Yeah, archetypes were maybe... Anyway. Yeah, but the archetypes is still very wide because yeah, it, it was, did yeah. allow, it was still one of the fighting games that allowed the the gamble Seth style. That's true. Right? The, the execution junkies, the, the, you know, zoning kind of players, the rushdown players, the con- space controlling players, the careful footsies kind of players. Like, I felt like the character variety in that game really helped with a lot of that. It was good. And so uh, I really, uh, I think it's the most important fighting game of the decade. I think that's hard to disagree with, to be honest. Like I said, my list is very subjective. It's the games that yeah, I yeah, like yeah, the yeah. most. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I feel like especially your top two of Street Fighter 4 and Tekken 7, 
hard to disagree with either of those as like yeah. most, most important games of the yeah, decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I agree with that, yeah. Fair enough, okay. But that's not what I picked. Yep. Mm-hmm. I picked Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah. Yeah. Game that I briefly hated. Yeah. Uh, a lot. And <laughs> eventually sort of got around. The reason that I hated it for a little while was that I felt like the gameplay was becoming really stale. Well, there was the period of Zero and Virgil. It really felt like that was just going to be how it always was. And I didn't like how people dealt with uh, X Factor. It seemed to me like it was too gambling heavy. And it just, that wasn't how it ended up. There was that that phase occurred for sure. But, um, and I probably overreacted to it, but people got over that anyway, right? Like Mm -hmm. then. The sort of end stage of the game is so beautiful and diverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so. I just went back and watched uh, Evo Top 8 when Ryan LV won it, and he won with Chun Li. Yeah, <laughs> like, to go back in time a few years before that and be like, the winner of Evo in 2014 or 15, whenever it was, uh, wins with Chun Li. Dominatingly. Blows him up with Chun Li. Because he's been winning everything before Evo, too. He went in there being the favorite. Blew him up with Chun Li. No repeat champions at Evo that I mean, it was. It's so beautiful. There's so many different characters that are viable if you are committed to them. Mm-hmm. And you know, typically I'll say something like, "You should just pick the top tier." But people figured that out, and people made top eight many times with characters. Well, one with Chun Li, but right. one with a lot of characters that I thought were garbage. People made top eight with right. uh, Phoenix Wright, for the, example. The game like was it, won by Hulk Hagar Sentinel. Hulk Hagar Sentinel won it, right? right? I mean, and someone was like, "Oh, that it was this pretty is cheap, because, to be honest. This is just because KBR is special." And I was like, "Freaking Paradigm made top eight at Evo two times." Jan made top eight with that team, except yeah. for it was uh, Shuma instead right. of Sentinel. Uh, and, and, and Angelic made Evo top eight twice with Shuma. So Shuma's been in top eight three times, you know? And yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. The uh, game is, I mean, first of all, even gameplay aside, I think it's Capcom's greatest audiovisual work. Mm. The, the looks and the, and the sound and the stages, most of which you don't get to see in tournament, but <laughs> which exists. Uh, and the music. They're all just so top-notch. Mm-hmm. All of those are so great. And then on top of that, the gameplay, incredible. So yeah. for me, I think it's the best spectator game ever. Right. In and you know, games. again, my games, top one and two, are because I feel like they're important. Yeah. And third, I went with my heart, and that was UMVC3 as well. So, yeah, UMVC3 is... Just it's, it's quite it's, a unique game. It's one of those games that just came out and is the one of the bane arguments of yeah, just make everything really broken. Exactly, exactly. You know what's funny is I remember I remember having the conversations with Seth about that at the time because he was involved uh-huh, with balancing, uh-huh. and he that's exactly how he phrased it, right? Just make uh-huh. everybody as broken as Shank possible. Like that was the point of it was to let people do right. wild stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. so that they could have fun, so they could find the cheap stuff. And he was like, look, it's a it's a fine balance. We know it's a high wire act. We don't expect to get everything right, but hopefully this game will be zany enough that even the things we don't get right, other characters will already be zany enough that they can just overcome the wild broken right, stuff yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the design philosophy, and they did a great job. They really did. Yeah, Shankar, that was Noel Brown. That was Noel <laughs> again. <laughs> How do you not know that? I know, Shankar, Shankar. Shankar. Unless buddy. he's trolling. Unless maybe, he's trolling. Maybe, yeah. The bionic arm yell. Was, yeah, yeah, it was not yeah, me. Yeah. It was not uh-huh, me. Uh-huh. But that was so long ago. I think that was in 2012. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. But uh, honestly, uh, UMVC3, man. What a game! What a game! And what a roller coaster ride of a game! Yes, that was for sure. Too. So, honestly, so okay. So that's fighting game of the fighting decade. game of the decade. Wow. So uh, you start with story of the decade. 
Right. I start with story of the decade. Yes. Story of the decade. Oh boy. What is your one, story? I think I had a little error here. Well, give me one sec. I think I miswrote this down. Okay, no, it's good. Um, all right, so my number three story of the decade is introspection and improvement. Da -da -da. Uh, we're slowly, <laughs> and maybe <What>? too, <laughs> maybe too slowly. We are slowly becoming less of a bunch of jerks. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, okay. Maybe okay. too slowly, but we're we're doing it at least in a way that in the previous decade. We definitely prized being jerks. And I can tell you that because I was there. Yeah. We definitely were dicks about a lot of things. And we were exclusive rather than being inclusive. And we were very mean to people who we thought were different. Mm -hmm. uh, and in some cases, people were like the best players in the world. And you didn't rip on them for that reason. But you may not have ripped on Ricky Ortiz, but like plenty of other people were ripping on the other gay people. For sure. Right, yeah, it was yeah, all yeah. the time. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. That happened constantly, and and now we're, again, a lot of work to be done, but like we have at least, I think many of us identified it as an important thing to be less jerky to each other, and mm -hmm. to be a little more welcoming, to be a little bit more open, and to sort of try to find ways to have an inclusive situation where we can all just play video games together and prioritize that side of it, rather than the side of it where you're like the angsty teens and being jerks to each other all Dude, the time. Because I really think that it is, this is a good point, that Noir Experiences says, thank God if a bunch of us turned 30. For sure. I changed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm 36 now. And when the decade began, I guess I was 26 to do the math. And that was a big decade in my life, right? Yeah. Like, what a what a tremendous, like, period of change. Well, I mean, this is, this is what I keep telling everybody when they turn 30, is you lose that aura of invincibility. And so you stop kind of being jerks at that point in time. You know what I mean? You start realizing stuff you do has consequences, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this example. So when Cross Assault happened in 2011, mm. and... Eris did stuff he shouldn't have done mm -hmm. uh, that he's now quite penitent for, but that he did at the time. We got Kotaku'd. And I remember talking about it like that. Yeah. Man, we got uh, Kotaku'd. Kotaku attacked us, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare uh -huh. they come from the outside and they attacked us? What jerks? How dare uh -huh. they do that? And I'm like defending people in my scene for no reason other right, than that they're in my scene. Uh -huh. They... We were jerks, and I'm, and they should have called us out on that stuff because it was important to call us out on things like sexism. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I'm one of the people who like would do the calling out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all the twenty year olds are going to be like, "What? We got Ultra David? Maybe, maybe, right? I don't know, but I'm, I'm certainly at a phase of my life now where it's more important to me to uh, protect the people who I think of as being my friends and community, and I don't define that as narrowly as I did before. I define that much more narrowly before. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I was never, like, a big... I was never, I don't know, negative in any number of different ways, but uh, I feel like it's become more important to me now, and many other people, too, to create this more uh, inclusive atmosphere, and yeah. I think that's good. I hope that's a trend that continues and that we actually get there someday. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I agree. With Got that. a lot of work to do, but hopefully that's what we'll get. Okay. I don't know if I can fit this on here, but uh, my number three story is actually the rise of Sonic Fox. Dang, wow. And uh, and their rivalry with Goichi as a, as a sub-theme Interesting, as well. wow. 
because the rise of Sonic Fox, I mean, like I said, it's just such an important thing that's happening to, to, to finally see what it's like to have the player that was born and raised in fighting games. Right. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. we're seeing now what the final form can be, you know, <laughs> what the true power sure. can be, right? But then, not only that, but, you know, Sonic Fox being a, a gay furry, you know, kind of opening up the doors for inclusiveness in yeah, the sure. genre, in our scene. And not only that, but being such a person to root for that the storyline with Goichi for Dragon Ball Fighters was so riveting. Like, there's no point in time where, you know, if they fight each other, it's not Morpheus, Morpheus and Neo fighting each other. You know what I mean? Oh my god, Morpheus is fighting Neo. And everyone runs over there to go watch it. Everyone goes and watches them. That's fight true. each other. I watch. You know, you have to. Yeah. Like, you can't not. And so, I just feel like uh, what Sonic Fox has done for the fighting game community in so many ways, being a player, showing us what the maximum capability of fighting game players could probably be uh, for opening the inclusiveness and being a representative even in the esports side of world, you yeah. know, being winning some of those award shows and getting some people angry about it and things like that, you know, speaking out about things, getting people to chant trans, trans, right, trans rights at, uh, at winning a tournament, you know. That's right. I don't think any other fighting game player has been mentioned in the British Parliament. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> right. Fox is the yeah, only one. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So just all of that stuff, and then that storyline with Goichi and Sonic Fox, which Goichi has a lot to do with as of well, course. because he called out Sonic Fox right at the beginning, which was amazing. Uh, um, what was it? Uh, Hi-Fi had a good little recap edited as clip. Did, yeah. It was really cool to see that. But, you know, it's just... I just feel like Sonic Fox's rise, the prominence in the fighting game community is such an important story hmm. uh, for the decade. Okay, cool. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So T-R-O-S, right? The Rise of Skywalker? The Rise of Sonic Fox, isn't that what you said? Oh, okay, okay, okay. The Rise of Sonic Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Big fan of that is James. Mm -hmm. Now, my number two <laughs> is... FGC Sports. Esports came. We're definitely esports now. Mm -hmm. For sure. Everybody calls it esports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. We don't even make any bones about that anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. We never even think about that anymore. And there's good and bad parts of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm glad that I think in general that we've done it mostly on our terms. So... You know, I wanted fighting games to get bigger. I wanted there to be more money and for the players to be able to do this and for there to be roles that were jobs that got paid, like tournament organizer and broadcaster and commentator and many other things too. And that does exist now. And hopefully that'll keep growing because for many people it's just a side job, but it would be certainly nice if it kept growing. And, and I... It would be nice. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... I'm glad, like I said, that I think we've mostly done that on our terms. So it's like mostly been the case that the pro tours are run by people who were FGC, right? Mostly. Uh, it's mostly been the case that when we have worked with parties like ESL or even E-League, that a lot of the people who are most like fundamental to it are FGC. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, people who have just found themselves in those roles uh -huh. over the years and took it on. Um, and it's mostly been the case that people 
designing games even over the last decade have more and more become people who grew up in the FGC, mm-hmm. right? More and more, like, more the case. Previously, it was not that way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the developers and rights holders in the 20 zeros were, who even knows? Until Seth worked at Capcom, I didn't know anybody who worked at any of these things. <laughs> who knew anybody, right? Like, right. But it has more and more been the case that that's true. And I'm really happy about that, that we have at least done these things we've, mostly on our terms. We've done a good job keeping our integrity a I little think so. bit. I think so, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I think we've done a pretty decent job at it, right? I mean, there's, there's certainly ways in which I think that we haven't done that great of a job. Um, I'm a little bit worried about where some games are going in particular, mm-hmm. but... I think in general this is true, that we've mostly done it on our terms, and that's been important to us. Yeah, I mean, I've always given, you know, obviously people talk about like, oh, we have to be professional like sports and blah, 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 but I always give the NBA example, you know, one of the most famous things won countless Emmys was inside the NBA on TNT, right? which is where, you know, Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson you know, they just memed each other. All <laughs> right. Day. Yeah. They just, they were wearing suits, but they just talked trash to each other. They they created the going fishing meme and everything like that. It it got into the popular culture. Shaq eventually joined, and it just got right. even crazier and stuff. That's what I've always used as kind of like the benchmark of what I want to do. Sure. You know, we can be professional, but we can still be us. I think we're I think we're doing a and pretty the, good yeah, job. And at exactly. It. I mean, the fact it's why I stopped wearing ties. Right? right, because like you know, I don't want to make it be like, oh, Logan and Yipes have to wear ties. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I don't want that. You know, so I started wearing ties when I began commentating because I was also trying to advertise my business as a lawyer. <laughs> that was honestly the only reason. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I get why other people started wearing ties. Like it's weird if you're sitting next to a guy wearing a tie uh-huh, and not. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. understand. Uh-huh. But it was certainly never my intention to make that more than just I'm like advertising myself as right. a lawyer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, not so when you wore ties, I was like, to I gotta wear ties too. I, I understand. Yeah. Uh-huh, I get it. Uh-huh. I get it. But it wasn't wasn't my goal. So I'm I'm glad that that's not there now. I don't really need to do that anymore. Right. So I yeah, yeah. I'm happy not to do that anymore either. Um, so, I mean, wrapped up with this esports thing is the fact that more, many more players have teams. Teams exist, I guess. I mean, if you think back to, mm-hmm. to 2009, uh, you had EG just starting out in terms of really sponsoring anybody in the FGC. And before that, really all you had was maybe, like, Empire Arcadia? I mean, like, honestly, like, right. nothing that you would even say was at all related to what an esports team is, really. Mm-hmm. So you have so many more sponsorships now. You have people making money. You have streams as a thing that exists which didn't exist in the previous decade that give us many more ways to make money if you're somebody who's trying to do this professionally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think we have done a pretty good job, to be honest, of maintaining ourselves while becoming more esports. I hope that we don't give our like essential aspects of ourselves yeah. up. I don't think we need to, like you said. Can't give up our soul. We shouldn't give up we our We shouldn't, soul. and I don't think we need to. And as long as... And, and you know what was is one of the greatest proofs of it, too? is that even despite all this time, the arcade culture still exists of offline and face-to-face and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? We still have so much of the arcade culture embedded in the FGC, and that's a good sign. And we have to keep it that way. We have to keep it that way. So, uh, Okay, what do I got here for... uh, Does that fit... So my number two is kind of a weird one to, to written out, but it's developers gaining responsibility. Hmm. Okay, because um, again, this is coming from my perspective, which is if before this decade, 
if you if we could talk about balance, talking to people about netcode, patch notes, previews, betas, yeah, any of these things didn't exist. Right. You had just kind of mentioned it. We had no communication to any of these companies at all whatsoever. Every once in a very blue moon, some company would be like, hey, we have a beta of X game. We're yeah. going to bring it to your arcade mm-hmm. for two days. Mm-hmm. And we'll let you know two weeks in advance. Yeah. I mean, when, that was it. <laughs> I mean, the first time we found out anything about Alpha 2 is when it showed up at UCLA. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. Right? You know, I mean, like, that's... And then I had to post on AGSF2, oh, my God, we're trying these custom combos. I don't understand this, and this looks really good. Next day, this looks really bad. Next day, this looks really good. You know, but, like, literally, that was how we got information. Now right. we're getting trailers, and here's right. this information and all this stuff. If you... I mean, people talk about these fighting games... Like in the last five years, like they're unbalanced. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just like to me, like I just can't oh, help but cackle no, about it's that. Absurd, you know? Right. I mean, we may went, they not know. We went from Maury <laughs> cracking Ooh, up no. watching Breaker Dave die. You know, That's true. To a broken character. Now all of a sudden he's like, I get it. I must make my game balanced. Right. Like, developers actually care about uh, balancing their games now. You know what I mean? Like, that's actually a thing. It is. We have... We're at a phase right now where it's just not like, here, release the next version. Here, release the next version. We don't care how balanced it is, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Or maybe let's intentionally unbalance yeah uh, like here's the joke character you know well or maybe uh, here's the super buff character yeah, yeah maybe you like a sphere that has bumps on it or whatever mm-hmm. nonsense mm-hmm. Odo said when uh, <laughs> arcade edition came out for sf right exactly but like <laughs> like i said and then and then they also have this responsibility now of world tours as well right the world tour is expensive and for them it's such an important part of their advertising it's such an important part of promoting their game as these world tours and so they have a responsibility to and again i don't want them to listen to the community in terms of like game balance and stuff like that because that when super street fighter 4 came out everyone's like you only gave guile these two tiny buffs that's not enough guile's gonna suck and then he was like one of the best characters in the game like people honestly the average person doesn't understand anything about balance in fighting games. I'm just going to say it right now. Okay. But, um, uh, but like, you know, to them, because they know so many people have that much money on the line, you got to make sure the characters are good. You can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's just so much more responsibility on the developer side with the fighting games to, to make this product better than, than it ever was before. Because before you just released Mace the Dark Age and you're like, whatever, <laughs> wow. here's Mace the Dark Age. Yeah. You know? It was so, a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So there you go. That's cool. That makes sense. Uh-huh. What's your number one story of the year? My number one story of the year, of the decade. Of the decade, of the decade. Is that I've learned that we'll be here forever. Okay. We'll be here forever. Forever. Wow. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so almost everybody who I knew in the 2000s is still at least like tangentially related in the FGC. Mm. They may not play actively, but they still watch and come to tournaments and hang out. Right, right. Most of the people who I've met in the 2010s, even early 2010s, are still around. So I mean, not everybody for sure, but most mm. people are still around. And this has been a 10-year period for for many for you it's 
you know, approaching three decades. For me, it's two. Um, that's it's a long time, and I always suspected that I would just be doing this forever. But I feel like the fact that I still am ten years later is an indication that I'll be doing it for the next ten years. Because mm-hmm. why would I stop after thirty six? Like mm-hmm. I did it from eighteen to twenty to thirty six. Like I'll stop now. Mm-hmm. No. And that's that's the case for everybody else. And on top of that, in the meantime, as you've been we've been talking about, right? People are having families and doing all the things that you do that are things that you in the past we were told once you have a family, you're not going to keep playing games. Once you're married, once you have a job, whatever. <laughs> and we all kept doing it anyway. Right. And at this point, I don't think anything stops us. I think we Dude. just keep on doing it for literally the rest of our lives. I think that's great, by the way. I'm stoked for it. Right. You've talked about this. Hado just mentioned it in the chat, but FGC Old Folks Home is one of the things I'm looking most forward to in my life. It will be so cool to just just... have an arcade. You go down your elevator, you got a little walker, and you walk yourself over to Uh, where the stand-up cabs are. Yeah, and if if, if I can get all of the FGC guys, and all of us are in that house and we're old... We would, you would not need to, to worry about us. So we cool. would have so much to do for the rest of for the rest of our lives at that point. And in you're, time, you're not worried so. about some of the things that you're worried about with old folks' homes. You're worried in some cases there that they don't get enough like stimulation, they're not uh-huh. like mentally like stimulated enough, and right. that, that can be harmful if you're suffering from things like Alzheimer's. Yeah, and like, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if we're all playing games constantly, we're like this. Dude, right? We're keeping we're keeping our Dude, brains sharp for sure. One of the craziest stories that I remember seeing, and oh, it's gonna make me tear up again, but there was an there was an old guy who had Alzheimer's disease, just yeah. wouldn't talk or anything like yeah. that. And they started playing them this jazz music that he used to listen to when he was younger. And all of a sudden, he just started talking. Right. And he just started saying stuff about the music and all this stuff. It just That's like awesome. It just triggered something in his brain, you know. And if we're doing that playing fighting games, we're never going to... We will be doing that. I'm, yeah, I feel now uh, very confident mm-hmm. that we'll be doing that. But in addition to that, what I mean by this is not just that we, like the individual human beings of you and me, will mm-hmm. be here forever... But that the FGC will be because we've Dang. we've like passed this on yeah, in a uh-huh. very substantial way to the next generation already. Like yeah. we've like we've already we're already doing that. There's a next generation of tournament organizers who started in the 2010s, right? I mean, think about all the tournament organizers mm-hmm. that started in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the big ones, uh, uh, players, uh, people involved in content, uh, people who are hanging out like all those things are now into the next generation and in some cases like the third generation or fourth depending (laughs) on how you want to think about it and what's cool is that in so many of those cases those people have picked up the culture of the FGC Mm -hmm. and like you said the arcade culture still survives and that's happened through cultural transmission between us and the next generations right that doesn't really exist in in a physical way anymore but we still feel that way so when new people come into the scene they get taught the things that we are teaching them Uh Uh and we're teaching them the important things that we'd like to maintain so i think that this decade proves that the fgc will be around forever that the uh, players ourselves that will be playing fighting games forever. I'm I'm very happy about feeling, <laughs> feeling, feeling more confident in this. I suspected it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel after 10 years of this, I feel very confident that we'll be I doing mean, it until I, the heat death of the universe or I, until the heat death of the world. Yeah, at, at some point in time, I decided that this was going to be my course of life. For sure. And, you know, that's why when Tokido said... Fighting games or something so great made me cry. Yeah. Because Tokido 
could have cured cancer, probably. You know, <laughs> it's very smart. You know what I mean? Like, that guy, he's another one of those Sonic Fox guys that Majin Obama said, like, I'm glad he doesn't want my girlfriend or my job or whatever, you know, because then they would just destroy it. They would take whatever they need. Tokido's another one of those people. I think he could have did whatever you want. And sure. the fact that he has found fulfillment and, and his calling in this scene really affected me because it spoke to me as well. It's something that I had been doing and, you know, hope that I could bring to people. It was always something that was a goal of mine was to make it something for other people to enjoy. And so that's that's what it is. So, that is what it yeah. is. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe curing cancer is a little bit more important. I, yeah, I yeah, of course, of course, chat, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, point yeah. taken. Uh, 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 but uh, my number one is just the rapid growth. Of the growth. You see the streams. The world tours, the fact that the developers have gotten, that we have heroes, that we have these ranking boards. I mean, we tried creating Apex a long time ago on SRK. That was a disaster, right? But now <laughs> we have legit, I mean, we don't have to wonder anymore. Pakistan doesn't have to say we have the best players. Uh-huh, right. No, they just go and play and they beat us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have always said that in 2010, if you asked me if we would be playing in the Mandalay Bay Arena... Streamed to over a hundred thousand people in the world, and that we would know who the best player is between all the different countries in the world, right. which was not a thing back then. Yeah, people are flying everywhere to play fighting. Like, if you told me that this is where we would have been at the end of the decade, at the start of this decade in 2010, if you told me at the end of 2019, this is where we are, that. The person who just won Capcom Cup, Idom, is just going to buy $250,000 worth of socks. Like, I would have laughed at you. There, oh, I, so. Like, in 2010, I was sure I would be dead by the t from old age by the time we got to this point. That's how slow and steady I was willing to let it go. Yeah. You know, that's how slow and steady I really believed it was going to go. But the fact that we are here where we are now and doing it, like you said, FGC sports style, maintaining Trying a lot to. of our integrity and everything like that has just been mind-blowing for me. It's just, I mean, like right now, why am I doing this full-time, you know, it's because this is where my passion lies. This is, this is what I believe in. It's not the smart thing for me to do at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just where my passion is. And I, I have to see this thing through. Mm -hmm. I have to put everything I can into this. So I just, I really, really uh, love seeing how far this has grown. I've wanted, I didn't think I could make, help make Justin Wong a household name and Daigo a household name in the world because I thought by the time we got there, they would have already stopped playing. Mm -hmm. But Daigo Umahara and Justin Wong are known throughout the world. You can send me to Pakistan and give him a hero's welcome at the airport. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. This player playing from tech from Korea goes to Pakistan and he has fans. Like that's nuts to me, and it's so it's so great. It's awesome. It's so great, and I'm about to tear up, so I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. So <laughs> I mean, it's very well deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is the most important fighting game decade, don't you think? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. This is definitely absolutely. the most important so. fighting game decade. This is, this is the decade that most of the important stuff has occurred in. Okay, let's just do the let's do the uh, resolutions. Resolutions, just rapid fire. Just do all three of your resolutions, and then I'll do all three of my resolutions, and we can just do it that sure. way. It's not so. as big a deal after all. 
So my, you just let me do my top three. Well, then? let me do my because I'm supposed to go first this time. Okay, right? So, uh, one of the nice things about picking up Lucia um, was that I've been playing Cami for so long, and you get stuck in that rut where you're scared to pick up a new character, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Uh, oh, let me actually do this uh, resolutions solution for 2020 for 2020 FTC resolution for 2020 right okay so uh, one of the things that is, is, is always been tough for me is like oh I put all this time into this character I'm scared to go to a new character playing Lucia one of the greatest things about that was that it just kind of helped me break out of that Okay. And so this year, uh, I haven't learned to do a lot of sidestepping. I haven't let it. Well, King's sidestep is not one of the best sidesteps, so it's probably one of the reasons why. Okay. And you know, King doesn't have certain kind of mix-ups and things like that. And I, I'm gonna learn a new character in Tekken Seven. I'm gonna cool. switch characters. I'm gonna switch characters. Not because King's bad. Not because I don't think he's I, he's fun. He's super fun and stuff. But I just want to learn a new character to gain different strengths. That makes sense. To gain different powers and stuff like that. I mean, Kazumi is the first on the list because okay. she's super easy and straightforward. But uh, Fang is also there because I've Ooh. always just wanted to play him. So I, I'm going to be less scared to try new characters right. in Tekken 7. So I'm going to actually try new characters. Uh, so that's that's my first one. Okay. Uh, the next one that I have, uh, I did this for Red Bull Kumite. And... It was fantastic. Okay. I loved it so much. I did a beginner restream. Right. If I'm not going to the event, I'm going to contact everybody. I'm going to be like, let me do a beginner restream. It was so great. It was so much fun. It That's was cool. It was, it was really good. People got to, I told them no stupid questions. Right. No stupid questions. Ask me whatever you need to ask. And I would explain things. And That's awesome. when crazy things happen, you know, as commentators, we have to, st we've learned to stop talking when something crazy happens mm -hmm. and we interrupt ourselves and we mm -hmm. just forget that thought. I don't have to do that on that. If you want the crazy moment commentary, that commentary is existing currently on the actual That's channel. Right? So now I can just be like, okay, here's the situation. Oh, that was crazy. Here's the situation, blah, blah, blah. You know, stuff like that. And so this was something I want to do more of. That's cool. I am determined now to do as many beginner restreams as I can uh, for the year. And then uh, also last year I said I was going to do more content and all this content. I kept uh, doing all this stuff and mm -hmm. saying all these things. And I was really lazy this year. I Like even the FTC locals of the world, I haven't really been able to, to, to do stuff properly. But mark my words, uh, first attack is coming back this year. Ooh, I did cool. not do any first attacks this year. And I promised I was going to because all the old ones are all weirdly proportioned on our stream right. and all this stuff. And my hit confirming one is on Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Oh like, boy. I mean, come, like, you know, I need to update them. I need to do the first attack stream. For people again. who are relatively new, what's, what's first attack? First attack was all my beginner stuff. Was all the streams like, how do you hit confirm? What's an option select? What are, like, I would explain stuff like attack vectors. And, you know, I would try to explain the, the, the decision making. You know, I had all these episodes that were really good content, but it's all outdated and terrible to watch on. And, and if you put on the wrong resolution, it looks like the video doesn't exist. Yeah, it's pretty you know, weird. It's terrible. So yeah. I got to do this right this time. 
I'm gonna try to bring back the first attacks this year. Uh, people have told me their favorite episode of mine has been my attack vectors, mm -hmm. which is a weird concept that people don't talk about, right? Yeah, we don't talk about it. And so, time. you know, that's something I want to bring up again, and I want to uh, teach that again in in the modern fighting games cool. and stuff like that. So that's my number one resolution is I want to bring back first attack. So okay. There you go. There you go. Excellent. All right, what's your number three resolution, David? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me, let me write yours down. What, what, what are the they? The whiteboard will Sorry. return. <laughs> Learn uh, new Learn new Tekken character. character. More beginner restreams. More beginner restreams. And first attack is coming back. First attack is I coming hate you, Curly W. He says there needs to be more tutorial videos about trip guard anti-air. I hate you. The history of the turn maybe would be cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. You'll have to wait till my first attack episode to explain attack vectors, Kay. Dang. <laughs> Anyways. And more Unchen Zords. I'll try to do more Unchen Zords yeah, as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Sounds good. All right. What's your number three? My number three is my goal of getting either top four at a local or making it out of pools at a major. That's right. I'm setting myself a results-oriented goal. Wow. Last okay. year, I set myself the goal of just playing in locals again and feeling like I wasn't out of it. Feeling like I could actually control myself enough to do that. And I felt like I did that. Which I was super stoked about, as I mentioned I earlier. I don't think this is going to take long. <laughs> I've already made I top really, eight. So yeah, I, mean, I know. Out of local, local, especially. I don't think... Um, I don't, yeah. yeah, maybe not. But I don't want to go wild on myself. I'm not going to set myself to make top eight or right, major or anything. Right. So... I, and it's not necessarily my goal, to be honest. Like, my right. goal is to just, like, be competitive and have fun. I'm not trying to win Evo. Right, right, right. So within my, my goals, I feel like this is what I want. And I think it's doable. I do. To be fair. I do think it's doable. This past year, I made it out of pools in one of the toughest Super Turbo tournaments. Okay. And then I also made top eight at a tough Super Turbo I tournament. mean, you're legit at Super Turbo, James. Nobody would say otherwise. <laughs> Cammy, baby. Let's go. So anyways, yeah, anyways. Go ahead. So that's my number, that's my first one, my number okay, three. I like it, I like it. Setting myself a results-oriented goal for the first time in a Dang. long time. Dang, all right, let's go, Ultra David. In literally eight years. I still think you should have entered the LCQ with Honda. <laughs> I really boy. think you should That boy Honda's pumping out damage, man, this Dude, season. I oh my think God. his skill two is amazing, but anyways. Yeah. All right. Uh, my two. number two is to uh, sell the split box. Okay, okay. So yeah. it's a business goal of being able to do that. Um, I've gotten a lot of responses from people who would be interested in buying it, and I don't, mm -hmm. guys, I don't know what the pricing of that is or how I'm going to go about doing it, but I'm right, right, right. researching that, and I'd love to hear more from people who are interested in buying it, and I, I think that'd be really cool. Let's do it. I think that'd be great. I think that is cool. So that's my Let's goal. Do it. Yeah. All right, my number one is to start giving commentary lessons. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is something I've been thinking about for the last boy year. Right. Year uh, plus maybe. I know. I know. And. Um, I have, over the past couple of months, been doing a lot of work to try to, like, nail down my theory of commentating mm -hmm. in the first place, mm -hmm. and how to do that, and, like, tips for doing it, and all the different little f uh, phases of it, mm -hmm. and the goals mm -hmm. of it, and all the little, like, tech right. that I've learned. Um, so, like, I'm not coming at it from a Tasty Steve position where he just, like, is an entertainer. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, uh, uh, I've, you know, I've, you and I and everybody else, we've all, like, learned stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I mean, I want to help with that because I did that definitely. for EXO Academy. Yes, right? for sure. So I'd already been doing a lot of that. For so, sure. We're, um, we're definitely both planning to do it. And the best thing about it is we come from very different mindsets yes, as well. Yes, for sure. Right? There's a very technical, there's a very emotional aspect. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's how it always is. I mean, I think that's why the duo works so well. Yeah, 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 yeah you know, for sure. Because we always come from that different aspect. Yeah, so. like I'm, I'm literally writing down. 10 pages of bullet points. Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> They're just like uh-huh, uh-huh. very analytical. Here's like, I'm like writing a philosophy treatise about right, it. Right? Right. And, and I'm like, this is how I feel about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously they both have worked out. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the two styles. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. Uh, it's look important to the goal of like us doing ultra Chen the whole time has been to try to like improve the community, right? right. The whole purpose yeah, of the whole time, yeah. mm-hmm. whether that's in making better players or talking about the news in a way that we hope is like illuminating to people or, you know, giving a, ch- a chance to talk about hot topics, mm-hmm. uh, debate things. And, uh, I think commentary is something that I, is really important to help foster. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So there's certainly a, been a great development in commentating and there's a lot of great commentators right now, but, uh, there's still a lot of people who I think uh, would like to be in those roles, right. who would love to know more about it, and mm-hmm. I think that's one way to, to do it, is to just have lessons, you know, you, people have fighting <laughs> game lessons, and they have voice coach lessons, and why not right. video game right. commentary lessons, I think mm-hmm. it's... I think it makes sense. Yep. So, like with the split box one, if it's something that you're curious about, uh, send us an email at ultrashantv at gmail.com or me at david at ultradavid.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out our website, which we've just, like, improved again. It exists again <laughs> at ultrashantv.com. <laughs> Bernie, only Bernie Beats Akuma says he literally got into the bigger FGC through Ultrachen TV. Damn. Okay. High five. High, High five, five indeed. There you go. Okay. High five indeed. Yeah, I really like doing streams where I analyze my own commentary. Well, me- that's Meta useful Skipper for me, asked, but I think it'd be useful for other people I mean, too. Meta Skipper asks, would it be geared towards specifically commentating fighting games or commentating in general? I, I think, think it's, it's general, general yeah. for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, certainly our expertise in games is with mm-hmm. commentating. It was with uh, fighting games, but I feel like all of the concepts apply to any game. Yeah, like, yeah, why not? yeah, exactly. Uh, like I said, most of my advice has always been philosophical. Has been very about my mindset mm-hmm. on why I do things, how I approach things and how to, you know, showcase yourself in a lot of ways. So, you know, that applies to whatever the hell For you sure. mean. So, <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. There it is. That, those are my three goals. Okay. Top four to local or get out of pools at a major, sell the split box and do yeah. esports commentary lessons. Yeah, a sub-goal of mine, too, is obviously you've already seen, I've already been trying to do stuff to make the stream more professional and stuff like that. You know, I'm going to keep working at it. There was one thing I wanted to do last year that I never got around to that I'm going to try to take more time. I don't know if Callisto's in the chat right now. He's probably asleep. But, Ryan, if you are in the chat, we will definitely need to talk very soon. So I need, uh, I definitely need uh, some help with that. Okay. But there you go. So uh, lots of cool things here. And uh, got anything else you want to add before we go? Just letting people know I'm not going to make the local tonight. <laughs> I mean, it started at 9 o'clock and it's yeah, 9.18. Yeah, yeah. You, so. said, you said I was going to try to get out of here by 8.15. I did yeah, say that before the show yeah, started. It's not going to happen. So. Yeah, so not tonight, but that is the Worlds Collide local that happens in the Valley here in L.A. every two weeks. So I'll be there in two weeks' time. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. Plenty of chances to try to hit the old results goal this year. Mm-hmm. 
yes, none of us put get a third cat on our. No, no, I think we're both happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could get more cats if I really wanted to, but I think two is more than enough than I can handle right now. So I gotta be honest, I thought about applying for a Street Fighter League. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> That'd be so dude, funny. Dude, you should have. No, 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 I'm not gonna have. do it. Maybe uh, in a year, <laughs> maybe in a while, but not yet for sure. All right, All right, that's cool. it. So that's our year in review, 2019, and I guess decade in review as well this time. Yeah. Next week, we're going to start back on regular old Tuesday show episodes where mm-hmm. we do all the sorts of stuff we haven't been doing, like five five matchup topic choices, like yes, news. Yes, yes. We're going to get back to having people on our Patreon and Twitch uh, subscriber lists vote on which topics they'd like us to talk about, mm-hmm. so check those out and if we're you're curious. To, we're going to try to do more lobbies. Yes, we'll be doing more lobbies and stuff like that. So there you go. Correct. So you know, hang out on our Patreon and all that other stuff like that. Also, if you're out there and you know you want to advertise on Ultra Chen TV for anything, hit us up Ultra Chen TV at gmail.com. Correct. So there you go. Alrighty. What do you got? Bird. Good. Bird. Birding them right now. Let me know if in the chat if you can hear the bird. If you guys can hear the bird, just want to make sure. Yeah. Hope everybody had a good holidays. Yeah, good new absolutely, year. absolutely. Hope things are good with all of you. Anything good for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I guess we're ending the show on that then. Okay.